The following podcast is a Next Level production. It's a new year, and we're back with all new episodes. Welcome to Wilhelm. I am your host, Ben Beck. And on this episode, we are taking a look back at some of our favorite movies and television uh, from 2021. And to do that, I need help from my co-host. He's the creator of the Podcastica Network, as well as the host of multiple shows on that network. He's a former guest on Wilhelm. Please welcome back my great friend, Jason Capassi. Hello. I love talking about this kind of stuff because it's like our very favorites. And that's kind of what I like the most about podcasting is just getting into something that I'm really into. Yeah. And this was a great year for, for TV for sure. And a couple of awesome movies too. And, and surprisingly so too, considering we're still in the midst of a pandemic, Yeah, and, but we still had great stuff come out of it. And it's, you know, that that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I know you did an episode on your favorite stuff. Uh, of the year on an episode of one of your podcasting shows. I mm-hmm. refrained from listening to it because I didn't want it to spoil this conversation, but I'll go back and listen to it once we're done. <laughs> There's a couple <laughs> things that have come out since I did that. So it might, so if you did hear it, if you're hearing my voice right now, there'll be some new stuff. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. And I know there's some people that listen to both. So some, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, this is, this was tough. This was really tough. Uh, you know, we're doing, we're going to do our top five favorite movies that came out of 2021. And then we're also going to do top five favorite television shows that we loved in 2021. Television doesn't have to be shows that debuted in 2021. They were just shows that we really enjoyed watching. They might've had just really excellent seasons in 2021. And as I yeah. mentioned, yeah. You know, and as I mentioned in previous episodes going into this year, Television is going to start being incorporated into Wilhelm. So this is the perfect opportunity to kick that that off. That is cool because over time, you know, when I, when I was a kid, if you were a movie actor, you didn't want to be caught dead on TV. Yeah. Now it's not like that at all. And some of the best writing is on TV. I mean, everybody hearing me knows that by now, but I just think it's cool. (laughs) Well, not only that, but I mean, like it's starting to go into not just, you're right. It's anybody who was a film. There was a, definite separation between film actor and television actor and mm-hmm. they very television actors wanted to become movie actors but it was never the other way around nope and tv was you, low rent <laughs> and you wouldn't even be caught dead doing a commercial because that meant your career was over unless you're in japan or something yeah because there was no internet so no one would ever know <laughs> <laughs> exactly and now you have kathy bates doing commercials for this app-based game which I, I I saw this commercial last week. I think it was. I forget what the name of the game. I think it's like Murder, Mystery Mansion or something like that. <laughs> and I'm watching the commercial and I'm like, is that Kathy Bates? <laughs> like, how much money did they pay? And right. there's like a series. There's like five or six of them. And they're hysterical. That's so cool. You, we should try the game. You can find them. I think I did play the game before and I just got tired of it. <laughs> Much like many of those app-based games. Although we're all, many of us are still playing Beat Saber. Not Beat Saber, Beat Star. 
Beatstar all the time. I, I I did the same with Beatstar. I don't want we don't want to go too much down a tangent probably, <laughs> but World of Warcraft, I was just sucked in and to the detriment of other areas of my life and I just made myself go, Okay, that was that was my World of Warcraft, I'm done. I kinda did the same thing with Beatstar. Yeah. But it's so great. It's so much fun. It was fun. <laughs> Oh, sure. I've unlocked all the songs, so it's kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't need to play all as much as I used to. <laughs> I've gone as far as I can go. Uh, so, yeah, so this is most likely going to be a little bit of a longer episode because, as I mentioned, yeah. we are doing top five favorite movies with some honorable mentions, <clears throat> top five favorite television with some honorable mentions. And we'll look forward a little bit, too. We'll throw some things out there. I know we're looking forward to for uh, 2022. And we've got a bunch of feedback, which is awesome. And I can't wait to, I haven't read Love most that. of it, so I can't wait to dive into it uh, when we get to that point. Um, <clears throat> you ready to go? You want to start, kick this off? Sure. All right. Uh, so just a reminder of the format of the show, if you're new or if you've just forgotten, uh, neither Jason or myself has revealed any of our choices uh, for our top five lists as not to influence each other. So I don't know any of his at this point. He doesn't know any of mine. I think I have a couple guesses, but we don't know for sure. Uh, and there's always a chance for spoilers when talking about our choices. So you have been warned about that. Uh, that said, let's get into it. Top five movies of 2021, our favorite movies of 2021. Starting with number five, what do you got? My number five for top five movies of 2021 is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. That's a great, that was a great movie. <laughs> and I... I was really looking forward to that because the guardians of the galaxy is my favorite Marvel movie mm -hmm. and he directed that. And then he got fired from Disney and Warner brothers said, well, come on over here and do, do a suicide squad. And I was like, yeah, he would be so good on that. And he was, and, and he got to be like in um, guardians of the galaxy. There were a couple raunchy jokes and things, but he just went full bore raunch and gore. Yeah. I mean, it was suicide squad. It was one of those things that Warner Brothers not only said, like, hey, come on over and do Suicide Squad, but we'll give you carte blanche, like no interference from the studio. And yeah, and man, did that turn out amazing. And I think, you know, some people it was too much for some people. And I totally don't blame you if you're you fall in that category. I mean, uh, there was even one scene that was a bit much for me. Uh, I don't I don't know. I feel weird spoiling these because we're talking about so many different things, but anyway, yeah, I'm going to try not to as yeah, best too, as I can. Not too much. Yeah. But, um, but if you saw the movie, maybe, you know, which movie I thought was a bit too, like you're making a joke out of that. But, uh, I did think it was kind of funny and I don't know if everyone picked up on this, but there's these alien stars that attach on people's faces. And I think he deliberately made those look like anuses. <laughs> <laughs> That would not surprise me knowing right. James Gunn. Right. <laughs> it would not surprise me at all. But yeah, um, Suicide Squad is in my honorable mentions because cool. it was, I was right there with you. The moment I heard James Gunn was attached to that movie, I was like, okay, there, there, how can this be bad? Yeah. You know, and then you, and then you start hearing about the amazing cast and all the actors that were cast in it. You know, you had, and they were great. Idris Elba, you had Margot Robbie returning, you had David Desmalchin. Um, Sylvester Stallone as a big shark. <laughs> yeah, I didn't shark. even know that was him at first, but I loved the character. Yeah, it was just. Um, Can I eat this? No. <laughs> hand. Uh, <laughs> you know, Flugaborg, uh, Nathan Fillion, 
people, many people that James Gunn has worked with in the past. Yeah. He loves using his friends. Yeah, his well, projects. Um, Brooker was oh, in God, it for a little Brooker. bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, that was my first time actually seeing Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I haven't seen, I didn't see the original Suicide Squad or Birds of Prey. She's great. She's yeah. great as Harley Quinn. She's Loved basically it. almost the embodiment of Harley Quinn. I know. Yeah, she was, she was so good. No, that's a good one. That one was on my honorable mentions as well, because I was, yes, it was raunchy. Uh, yes, there are definitely over-the-top moments, but it, it was just fun. Mm-hmm. That's how it was. And funny and made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, I remember seeing like, and this will be my final note on it, but I remember seeing like all these people getting cast in the movie as, you know, a lot of the names I mentioned already. And then I remember telling my friends, I'm like, this is James Gunn. They'll be dead before the opening. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big cast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the suicide squad. Like that's the whole point of them. I was still, yeah, you know. it was, it was, yeah, I was surprised at some of, some of the things that happened, but in a good way. <laughs> it was so good. And now I know the, um, it's getting a spinoff series with John Cena and Peacemaker. Yeah. I don't know much about that, but I know James Gunn is, he's the showrunner. So it's yeah. gotta be worth I, checking out for sure. And I think that debuts, actually, I think by the time you're hearing this, it has, de- it's debut. Oh really? Okay. Man. We're recording this on a, on a Tuesday. I think it debuts this Thursday. So by the time oh, you're cool. hearing this, I think it's out. On HBO, right? Yeah, HBO Max. HBO Max. And I don't know if it's before Suicide Squad or after the Suicide Squad. I think it's after. I think it's after, but yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Cool. So my number five is one that I know you're probably not going to agree with, and that's okay. <laughs> um, My number five is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm. Um, I know you weren't as big of a fan as some people were. We've had conversations about this and it's totally fine. But for me, and I know I'm in the minority, by the way, on that one. It's, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm not going to kick you off the podcast because you didn't like the movie. I loved. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I, I don't, I'm not like, what? You like that? I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like, what? You didn't like that? I mean, it's, I think I was at first and then I, I was kind of like, oh, it's fine. Like, I get it. I get the reasonings why. But to me, like this was a movie that I was so excited about the moment they announced it. I'm I'm also not hard to please. Like I actually enjoyed the all female reboot of Ghostbusters. I did too, actually. Yeah. I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. And so, but hearing that this was a continuation of Ghostbusters 2, the some of the original cast is coming back and you know, this is going to be spawning off a whole new cast of characters. I was like, okay, I'm excited about this. And then the more information that came out with the return of Zool, and I'm not trying not to give too much away for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, because mm-hmm. it is still relatively new. I think it just came out in October. It's just very rewarding for fans of the original yeah, two movies. Yeah, I, I think the reason why I love Which this I am, movie so much, yeah. it's it, it's such a love letter to the fans. Yeah. Um, there's so many callbacks without being fan serviced, in my opinion. I I do get the the pace of the movie is a little slow, uh, especially in the first half of the movie, setting up with them moving and the introduction of the characters, which, look, it's a continuation of the franchise with all new characters. You're going to have to spend time on character development. Get to know them, yeah. Because you're not bringing back original characters at least not until the end and you know that the way they did that i thought was great but 
there are so but it many wasn't it, the movie wasn't really about them so much. exactly it was yeah and that was one of the things i appreciated about the movie too i know our friend damien has a podcast watched it in the 80s he came on wilhelm to talk about the ghostbusters franchise and then i went on watch it in the 80s to do a review of of afterlife that's cool and one of the things i mentioned was i appreciated the fact that they brought the original characters back all four of them by the way um that's a little bit of a spoiler um actually that's a big spoiler sorry <laughs> but they didn't rely on them to be the heroes of the story mm-hmm. you know they basically assisted these new characters they didn't overshadow like they didn't set up all this character development of these new characters and then bring in these three original guys and it overshadowed everything that they did right Push which was a side so but i just this movie was such a love letter i i saw it twice in theaters and the emotional notes hit even harder the second time and i just i just loved it i, I honestly i can't wait to watch it again at whatever point i get to do it I, the things I did like mostly was the acting. I liked Carrie Coon a lot. I liked uh, McKenna Grace. As she was fantastic Phoebe, in that movie. Phoebe. And she was in uh, Handmaid's Tale. I don't think you you watched that, right? No. But we, uh, Daphne and Wendy and I covered season four, and McKenna Grace was a character, and she was good on that, too. So it was really fun to see her play a different kind of character in this. And then Paul Rudd is always great. Yeah, I think I think I saw some people had a couple complaints about uh, Paul Rudd's character. Like they, I think they expected him to be a little bit more comedic, and oh. he didn't come off that way. Um, I kind of appreciated that, though. You know, the fact that he wasn't as comedic as people as expected him to be. I mean, I I don't want to get too much into why I didn't like it because that's not what this is all about. And I didn't hate it. It was it was cool, but I just thought it would be funnier. And I wasn't laughing. <laughs> and so that was one of the things. And yes, it was kind of slow. And so I was just like, oh, yeah. okay, what is this? But um, I, like I said, that's, I, I know I'm in the minority. I thought Logan Kim as podcast was great. Yeah. Um, you know, he was funny. Yeah. I, I, it was a great cast. I, I agree. The acting was great. It just, I couldn't, again, you look at when, when we get to some of my honorable mentions, it was tough because there's some that I really wanted to put in my top five that I mm. could. Uh, but let's move on. Okay. Number four, what you got? Okay, so I feel like the next three on my list are going to be a little weird. But um, hey, that's this is me being yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. So number four is a porn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it 50 times, so I'm just <laughs> no, it it's technically um, qualify. <laughs> it came out in 2021. And it was um, a movie. <laughs> no, it's a movie, it's an adaptation of a play. It's called The Humans. You heard oh, of it? with Stephen Yun. Yeah. With Stephen Yun. I didn't get a chance to see it, but it is on my list to watch because I've heard really great things. I, I mean, I want to warn anyone hearing this who hasn't seen it i think there's an equal chance that it will just annoy the hell out of you well it's basically about a family getting together for dinner isn't it it is and it's it's they're kind of a dysfunctional family and they're in this old house that's uh the daughter and her boyfriend is steven young have just bought and moved they're moving in together um and it's it's interesting because it's just 
kind of banal conversations uh, with his family, but it, but it's staged in a really interesting way where you see a lot of scenes through open doorways from the other room and there, and you don't get close-ups on their faces and, and, it it mirrors what's going on among them because there's a disconnection and they're not like gelling and they're not on the same wavelength. And you're feeling like you want more connection too. And then like 20 minutes into the movie, you get your first like full on shot of someone's face. And it's like, uh, uh, you get a mm. feeling from that, like, Whoa, you know? And then the other really weird and interesting thing about it is that it towards the end starts playing like a horror movie even though it's just about conversations, there's these banging sounds and there's dark, creepy spaces and the camera will like, there's a quiet scene with a slow pan and then it's kind of like a jump scare, but it's just a bird or another person. But it, it somehow gets you feeling on edge while you're watching it. It's not like anything I've ever seen before, which I think is one reason why I really liked it. I want to watch it again. Um, but then another favorite moment, which I will spoil because it's so much fun, is Steven Yeun's character starts talking about zombies. And <laughs> he's like, and then the mom's like, or he's like, you know, the zombie show. And then his mom's like, I can't, I can't believe people want to watch that stuff. <laughs> so that's like a total wink and a nod. A little, know, a little meta moment for the kind uh, of a thing for the audience. But I just I found it really interesting and and unusual and definitely want to go back and watch it again and see if it still lives up to this place I have in my mind for it. But I know that some people will just be like, "What is this?" You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, kind of movies. It's it's one that's been on my list uh, as I mentioned ever since I heard about it because it, it, from what I even saw, I know June Squibb is in the class and is in the cast and Richard Jenkins. And I think Amy Schumer is also in Amy the cast. Schumer's in the cast. And I liked her at first, but slowly came to not really be able to stand her very much. Uh, she just started to irk me, but in this movie, she's really good. I thought she was great. And Beanie mm -hmm. Feldstein is in it too. Uh, so yeah. So it's got a pretty great cast. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Like I used to be a big Amy Schumer fan, but I kind of grew out of her. Yeah. Um, after a little while, but here she's just playing a role. She's not being comedic at all. And she's, she's a good actress. Cool. I, yeah. I that's surprised. It's um, I'm going to have to bump it up my list now. Cause I, it, it's funny. Please forgive me if you hate it. I, <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's, this is one of those things that's weird. Cause I know you and I were, we're talking about this and we were prepping for this. There's, um, I, believe it or not, there are two movies on my top five. I did not see until last night. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I was still catching up on them. And yeah. then when I watched them, I was like, there's like, how did I wait this long to see these movies? My number four is actually one of them. There's um, a one movie that I watched today that almost made the list. It's my first honorable mention. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to have to. And the humans was one of the when I was looking at the list of movies for 2021. I hadn't seen yet to me when watch. I wanted to, to watch a couple last night. The humans was almost one of the ones I watched last night. Mm. So, and okay. now, you know, I'm going to have to check it out. It'll be on my list. Uh, but that brings me to my number four. And like I said, one of the two movies that I watched last night that I was like, okay, this has to be in my top five. My number four is Disney's Encanto. Oh, I haven't seen that yet, but I'm really it's, curious. I, I've, re I've, I've realized as I get older, the easier it is to make me cry. <laughs> me too i think same yeah <laughs> like the more emotional i get at movies and television and disney is a huge part of that like disney movies always make me cry 
And I'm watching this movie last night and I'm only like five, 10 minutes into it. And I'm already enjoying it. Like it's very catchy and I love the characters already. And then something happens in the movie, not to spoil anything. And I'm like, I'm already ready to cry <laughs> this movie. I don't have a chance of not crying at this movie. And I didn't, I cried at the end. Um, um, when I cry in a movie, I automatically it goes up like three notches of how much I like it. Yeah, and and that was <laughs> usually because I mean, it it hits you like there's something about it that like really yeah. affects you. That's the reason why you cry at it. Like Ghostbusters made me Ghostbusters Afterlife made me cry. Um, Encanto made me cry. There's another movie in my top five that made me cry. <laughs> um, you know, so Suicide like, Squad didn't make me cry. No, I don't think it made me cry. It made me but, laugh. Made, yeah. <laughs> although, although when when Polka Dot Man screams, "I'm a superhero." Yeah, that was I'm pretty like, touching. That was actually kind of touching. <laughs> Polka Dot uh, Man was awesome. Um, <clears throat> yeah, David Dustmouchin is just—he's so underrated. He, but Encanto was just—it's so much fun. When I posted online last night that I was watching it, I had so many people comment like, "You're gonna love it!" Like mm. this, and. Every single person was right. Like I, and then one of my best friends even reached out this morning. He's like, "What did you think about Encanto?" I was like, "I loved it." I was like, "I want to watch it again." He's like, "Yeah, we've watched it four times." <laughs> I gotta watch it. It's 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 so good, and I do. I want to watch it again. It's got a great cast: Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine Nine, John Leguizamo, Wilder, uh, Wilmer Volderrama, and a bunch of other like Hispanic people doing the voices of these Spanish characters. And it's just, uh, um, yeah, it's just so catchy and I do. I want to watch it again. It's not Pixar, right? It's not Pixar. It's just Disney animation. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't think it's, I'm pretty sure. No, it's, 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 uh, it's Walt Disney. It's not Pixar. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my um, Jenny and the kids were, were s- somewhere else and they watched it without me so i'm gonna have to watch it by myself unless i was they want actually to watch it again. i was actually just thinking that i'm like i'm surprised you haven't seen it with the kids they have but, okay <laughs> you should watch it it's it's yeah yeah it's i like really, all those movies for sure i do too so uh moving on number three number three i didn't check this with you beforehand but i hope it's okay it's a documentary it's val it's okay i want to see it yeah it was it was so good. It's this so Val Kilmer, if you don't know, carried a camera around with him most of his life and filmed a ton of what he was doing. And when going back to when he was a kid with his brother, uh, making little movies, and when he was on his movies, he filmed on set. And now, if you don't know, he had I think throat cancer and he could barely speak. He has to hold this thing up to his throat and you know sounds like that so he had his son jack kilmer who sounds and looks also a lot like him narrate it and it was just very it had a really great vibe to it it's kind of contemplative and poetic and about the artsiness of his family and the trials and tribulations too but it it had a nice feel and and it went it was super fun to see him go through all his big movies top gun willow the doors Batman, like he hated playing Batman, <laughs> um, heats and, you know, it, it, it I, I think he's got a, um, he doesn't have a perfect reputation and this definitely was from his point of view. So I think it made him look pretty good, but it was very, very enjoyable to watch. I loved it. 
Yeah, that's that's the documentary that's been on my list too, and I think that totally counts um, uh, for for a top <laughs> yeah, five. I think exactly. a lot of people listening would enjoy that for sure. And I didn't even really think to include documentaries in my movies because I'll be honest with you, one that I'm just going to say just because we're including documentaries now would be in my honorable mentions is more than Miyagi. Oh yeah. That's in my honorable mentions too. With okay. So yeah. With well, Pat Morita. The, the yeah. Pat Morita documentary was mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Um, and so touching and just, you know, uh, about his life and right. learning. And so happy much days him. is one of my favorite shows too. I mean, you, everyone knows Cobra Kai. I love and karate kid, but happy days too. So it was great to watch. Well, that. I enjoy happy days too. Cause it introduced a character that I love, which was Mork. Right. Yeah. I, I remember that back in the day. I, yeah. It's very I dramatic. Still, he froze Fonzie and only his <laughs> thumb could move. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I think that totally counts. And that's one that I have to, I have to bump up on my list. It's, I wanted to see it ever since I saw the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. And I just, for some reason, I think it just it's on got, Amazon. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's an Amazon mm-hmm. studios documentary. So it's on Amazon prime. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to add that to the list too. I'm constantly adding stuff to my I list know. stuff to watch, but no, that's what I, I love like about this one. podcast. Yeah. 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 I've definitely added stuff to my list just from listening to yeah. episodes of Wilhelm. So um, my number three is actually the second movie that I watched last night. And this is one that was on my list for a while because I remember seeing the trailer and being like, okay, that I, I feel like I need to see that. It's a movie uh, called mass. I don't know if I've heard of this one. Um, it's very small cast. It's basically four main people uh, and three supporting roles, but the main people are two of the main people are Jason, I- Jason Isaacs and Martha Plimpton, uh, Jason Isaacs and Martha Plimpton play the parents. It is a very heartbreaking and heavy film, but I feel like with things happening in the world today, I really feel like people need to see this movie. Uh, Jason Isaacs and Martha Plimpton play the mother and father of a student who was killed in a school shooting. And Ann Dowd and Reed Bernie play the parents oh, hear this. Of, Dowd, the sh- yeah. of, the, of the shooter. Holy shit. And they meet for a, they, they just have a meeting in a church, wow. in a back room of a church. And the whole movie is basically these two sets of parents having a conversation for the first time about everything about the deaths of their children. One of them being the one that killed the other. It is such a heavy movie, as I mentioned, but there's not really any score to it, which I think enhances it because it, it allows the, the dialogue to be, to deliver the drama Mm -hmm. and the dialogue is like it's again, I couldn't stop watching once I start. I watched it after Encanto. I should have watched it before Encanto <laughs> because of how heavy <laughs> the movie was. Up. Yeah, yeah. But like, I once it started and the conversation happened and the, the conversation kicked in, I couldn't stop watching. And you know, as as when you see this stuff like this happen in the world today, where you know students are killed by another student. You always feel for the people that died and not the shooter. And this movie kind of not not to like say what they're doing is right, but it lets you see from a different perspective what the parents of that person is going through mm-hmm. as well. That's really, I'm fascinated. I 
I'm adding that to my list. It, too. it was, it was, I, I had yeah. noticed that earlier and then forgot about it, but did you, and I don't know if you realize that I'm looking it up on Wikipedia written and directed by Fran Kranz, who was Topher Brink in dollhouse. And yeah. And this was also, <laughs> this was also his directorial debut. That's amazing. Which I just remember he, him as this kind of quirky, you know, geek. From that <laughs> yeah. Show. Um, Mass. and, and let me tell you, and Dowd is fantastic, but, and Jason Isaacs is amazing. Martha Plimpton killed, like, I don't want to use killed. That's, that's a bad word to use for this movie. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, I guess <laughs> she absolutely knocked this role out of the park. Mm. Absolutely knocked this role out of the park. Like you feel for her every moment she is in that room. Yeah. I love her. Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume, raising hope. The Goonies, like Goonies, yeah, yeah. She's 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 fantastic, and she's great in this movie. That's so a great I, one. I I recommend people check that one out. I didn't want to go all like incredibly popular movies in my pop top culture. Five. Yeah, I wanted to throw one or two in there that people might not have heard of. Or That's seen great. And, and I love and it. Mass is definitely one of them. Cool. Uh so we're at our top two. So what have you got for number two? Definitely not a pop culture movie. Okay. <laughs> but uh, a good one that I think anyone who gave it a shot would love. It's another Stephen Young movie, Minari. I had a feeling this was going to be in your top top five. It was just so good. It's, I mean, if you're a Walking Dead fan, you're going to want to you're going to love Stephen Yun in this. And he's, he's the father of this uh, family who immigrated from Korea and is trying to make it as a farmer. And his wife doesn't want to, she just wants to go to the city and get jobs, but he wants to prove he can make it. And they have two kids who are cute, but not too precocious. It's a very grounded movie and it's, it's really smart. The characters feel fleshed out. It, it avoids cliches, but they're trying to, they're in this small, like Midwestern town and trying to gel with people who have never seen an Asian before, mm-hmm. you know, but it's sweet. It's, it's sweet. And it's also kind of anxious a lot of the time because the parents are fighting and the grant, there's this grandmother who's this quirky, great character off the beaten path. Um, great acting. I mean, he got an Oscar nomination for that role and the best thing i can say about it is that it's one of those movies where after watching it i just felt like my heart was full from having seen it you know Mm -hmm. it's good yeah and uh, two steven young movies in your top five and i'm actually excited i'm excited for you because like you're gonna get to talk to him about those movies if you want to in march yeah that's cool yeah i'd love to because you're joining me for pandemic and i already have and Stephen Young's going to be a guest down in Atlanta, and I already yeah. have him earmarked for you. So it's, nice, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to him about both those a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, he's 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 definitely somebody who's up and I don't want to say up and coming because he's been shining for a while. But it, he, he started great, to get. He he yeah. really is particular about how he wants his career to go, and that he doesn't want to be typecast. I think because the, these two movies. Um, the humans and Minari, he plays very different characters and they're both very different characters from Glenn in the walking dead. And the other movie I saw him in that was amazing is burning from a few years back. And that was again, I mean, a really oh, I didn't see that one. evil guy. So, um, 
yeah, that's worth watching. Really, definitely is. He, yeah, I'm really impressed with the kind of roles he's been landing. But he still, and he still picks some fun roles from time to time mm-hmm. too. I mean, Mayhem is yeah. just with a, Samara Weaving. With Samara Weaving, who I love. Yeah, um, that is just a crazy, crazy movie, and it's but it's so much fun. Yeah, he's really, and then Okja was he was good in that too. That was a much different kind of movie too. Yeah. And he also, does, I think he's in, I think Sorry to Bother You was another movie he was I in. see that one. And I know he does voice acting in Voltron and right. Invincible. So, I mean, yeah, he's... So many different types of things. He, he's definitely expanding his, his range, which is, mm-hmm. which is great. And he's well-deserving of that Oscar nomination that he got. Yeah. Hopefully, we get more of those, if not a win, later on down right. the road. Right. He's still yeah, young, absolutely. too, isn't he? I think he's... He's young. He's young. He's 38. Yeah. 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 He's got some time. So he's younger than both of us. That's right. (laughs) It's not saying much. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So my number two is this is tough because I almost I almost made this one my number one. I have a feeling we share our number one Mm -hmm. Um, because it was it's it's almost a given. But I almost made this one my number one for a couple different reasons. My number two is Last Night in Soho, hmm. uh, which is Edgar Wright's latest movie. Uh, another one that I know didn't stand out as much to you as it did to other people, but I know you enjoyed it because you like Stephen. I Steven. did enjoy you like Edgar Wright. it. Yeah, I just wouldn't put it on my top five list, but I and I want to see it again, too. I, I've been thinking about it more, which it m- means um, maybe it, I, it, t- I, it did something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like Edgar Wright, I'm a huge fan of Edgar Wright. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows, uh, along with our friend, Pake Allen, who's a huge fan of Edgar. Yeah. That was an amazing episode. You guys did. That was, that was basically just a geek out session. I mean, I love Edgar Wright too. I've seen all his movies and spaced, but I learned so much from listening to you guys. I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm not as big a fan as I thought I was. (laughs) That was so, I remember doing that episode too. Cause I told Pake, I was like, Listing these as top, in top five order, let's just put them in my hand, shake them up, throw them, <laughs> right. and whatever order they land in, that's the order I'm going with. <laughs> um, but Last Night in Soho was just, I was so excited to see this from the moment the trailer came out. And what kept me interested was the fact that I didn't know what it was. Like, the trailer was put together so well that it kept it a mystery as to what kind of movie it was. Is it it looks like there's time travel. So is it sci-fi? No, it's not sci-fi. Is is it horror? Is it drop? Is it a com- like what is it? And it's kind of a mix of all of it. Like it's yeah. definitely a horror. It's a drama. It's a mystery. It's got an amazing cast in um, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, who is amazing. Uh, Matt Smith, Diana Rigg from which I think would, this was her final role before she passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, Game of Thrones and the Avengers, the old Avengers series in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. And, and Terrence Stamp, um, who I'm still a fan of as, you know, Jor-El from Superman back from the like, <laughs> late 70s. That's right. And this, like, this movie just kept me guessing. It kept me engaged. I didn't see the ending coming at all. Right, which, me neither which was a huge plus for me. So yeah. when you can surprise me watching a movie. And then, and then I like when there's a twist like that and then you go, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and when you go back and you rewatch it, which I did and you pick up on all those clues uh, that you're like, 
haven't done yet. That. Like it was there the whole time. <laughs> Never even picked up. It's kind of like Bruce Willis being dead the whole time in six Sense. Mm-hmm. Although that was a, a bigger shock than, uh, than this was, but yeah, it's just Edgar Wright has a way of incorporating music into storytelling in all his projects. And this to me was just no exception. And I almost made it my number one because I, I don't, like, yes, my number one is huge. It deserves to be my number one. But I kind of wanted to put this as my number one because of originality. Yeah. Like, that almost secured the number one spot for me. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. About, I mean, I actually appreciate that you can't necessarily pigeonhole it into a certain genre because I think as an artist, as a director and writer, you should just make what you want and not worry about that. If you can, you know, I mean, a lot of times the studios won't get you, let you get away with it. But if you're someone like Edgar Wright, you can, you can do that, you know? Yeah. And I can't like, I can't wait. He's, he's still to this, like he has, I think last night in Soho was movie number six, seven, if you include sparks. And I don't think he's put out a movie yet. I haven't enjoyed yeah, definitely just, not me. I didn't see Sparks yet, but I'm gonna. That's so good. <laughs> but uh, I would say, to me, it felt like a really good episode of The Twilight Zone. You know? I get that. It it, it does have Which that. is not a slight. I mean, I love The Twilight Zone. It's freaking great. <laughs> or almost like an, epi- like an extended episode of Black Mirror, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, I, I get and, it. And he, yeah, and I feel like the way he just puts everything together visually and pacing wise, it almost feels like a song and it's so deliberate, but it's not as like, I like the Wes Anderson movies, but they feel a little bit constrained or something Mm -hmm. like tighter. I don't know how how to say it, but Edgar Wright's movies, they feel free flowing and loose. And yet still you can tell that he knows every detail of what's in every frame, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, and like, even watching it the first time I was in awe because just like a quick synopsis of the story is that it's about this character, Eloise, who kind of travels into the past and it, it's not really clear if it's consciousness or physically or whatever. I think it's more consciousness, mm. but like there are these transitions throughout the movie where it goes back and forth between Eloise and Sandy. Like there's a, there's a whole dance number with Matt Smith where he's dancing with Sandy and then, the camera will pan and he's now dancing with Eloise. And it's like, it's so well choreographed and kind of psychedelic. And when you watch behind the, I like, I immediately went home and watched behind the scenes footage of it, like how they made that dance scene. Mm -hmm. And you find out there's no CGI in that. They just choreographed it with the camera. Yeah. (laughs) They're literally ducking out of frame and coming up and it's so super well done. Cool. That like I just I adore that movie and it's just that I had like I said almost my number one. But it's, you're making me like it more as I let's hear good. you talk about it. But I did like it. <laughs> cool. uh, so that brings us to our number one. I have a feeling it's the same because my number one I know you love too and you haven't brought it up yet. Uh, so what have you got? What's your number one? It is Resident Evil. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Someone's waiting. I'm like, what? <laughs> Welcome to Raccoon City. Just kidding. Uh, it's, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home. Of course. Yeah. Which I feel really hesitant to talk spoilers about, but maybe we're far enough out that we could just warn people. I think there's 
I think there's been enough revealed. Uh, there's there's been enough certain things revealed about certain people that are in the movie. Yeah, I mean, there's articles okay. all over the place about okay. Andrew Garfield talking about it. So all I right, think right. So, I think it's safe to say we can. Okay, we can talk if about you don't want to know who's in the movie, then you should probably not listen to this part because we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're we're going to mention but, some spoilers. Yeah, but uh, one thing aside from the spoilers that the the or the who's in the movie that I really liked is I like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies a lot. I do too. But one thing that has been kind of missing in those movies for me is the angst of Spider-Man. Even though Tony Stark dies, I just still didn't feel like the tragedy that you usually that's a big part of his character usually and having that come in a big way i didn't realize i was missing it but i'm like oh he feels more like the spider-man i love from the comics now mm-hmm. so that was a big part of why i loved it but really i mean just the joy of seeing all these return characters and the villains in particular i think it was genius because marvel likes to keep things fresh and so rather and but i would argue spider-man and batman ha- are the two heroes with the best rogues gallery galleries. Mm -hmm. And you know, some people think it's Spider-Man, some Batman, but um, Spider-Man's up there. And for the MCU to just like bring their own MCU versions of these back might feel a little stale. I mean, I'm sure they could do it great, but sort of ironically, the freshest thing to do was to bring back the ones we've already seen. Yeah. You know, it just works so well. And what a lot of people don't realize, too, and I'm sure this is something that you probably do, but I know I've kind of brought this up to some people. And, like, I brought it up to some people. I was like, well, you, you don't realize the implications of what this means. Like, it's not just bringing in these characters and then showing the, the characteristic of Tom Holland, Spider-Man, like, wanting to cure these people and not kill these people and then actually curing them by the end of the movie. But he's curing them and then sending them home, which changes the landscape of every universe we've seen already (laughs) because now you're sending norman osborne home not green goblin right which means in that universe in toby Maguire's universe norman osborne is now still alive as is octo (laughs) as is otto octavius and you know i mean the things that i loved about this movie i love so much that as you've probably heard me say, I'm pretty sure it's my favorite superhero movie of all. And I and I kind of agree <laughs> with you. It is Spider-Man 2 up to this point, which with Alfred Molina, right. was my favorite Spider-Man movie. This I love top, that one too. This topic. But 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 I'm saying superhero movie. My favorite of any superhero movie I've ever seen. I gotta watch it again to make sure. It's <laughs> it's it's a pretty tight race. Between No Way Home and Endgame. Yeah, for me. I would say the same. Endgame is right up there for me, too. Yeah. Um, I, even though I said just a minute ago that Guardians was my favorite. But I don't know if I consider that a superhero movie. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, um, but but I did, I did feel myself a bit critical of, like, okay, he... he really he's gonna cure they're gonna cure them and that they're basing that and they let him go and i kind of felt like okay you had a chance to get these guys out of here and you let them go and that reminds me of when spider-man let the burglar go and he killed uncle ben what if the what if he'd let these guys go and went back to the lab to try to figure out how to cure them and they went out and killed a bunch of people it would have been the same thing (laughs) well i mean but in a sense though that's actually kind of what we got because 
one of the things that I, that No Way Home really made me realize was that yes, like we had in Tobey Maguire Spider Man Spider Man franchise, we saw the origin of Spider Man in Andrew Garfield's The Amazing Spider Man franchise, we saw the origin of Spider Man, and I know a lot of people were like, okay, we're just throwing Spider Man out there. Everybody knows his origin. Everybody knows yeah. how he got we're sick of Spider. seeing it. We we we're sick mm-hmm. of seeing it. But what No Way Home made us realize, and I don't know if this was always the plan or if it just worked out this way, that we did get an origin story for Spider-Man. It was just three movies, not an introduction to a movie. But but I guess my point is just that it felt a little weird to let the villains go. And that was supposed to be a good thing in the context of the movie. But what... I felt like, oh, that's a bit irresponsible because they're start graving mad, you know, and won't you feel guilty if something goes wrong? But is irresponsibility, as it did in the originals, letting the burglars go in both the other two, is irresponsibility of allowing these people loose to try and cure them is ultimately he did end up paying the same price as he the did. other two did. But, but I don't think the point of the movie is saying he messed up, though. Yeah, I, I agree with I don't that. Think. It's a little different. But but that aside, I mean, a couple big things I want to say is that I it's I feel like a lot of times when there's business dealings in the behind the scenes and they they can actually mess up a movie because one studio won't let something happen or mm-hmm. it's contracts or whatever, you know, Carl dies in The Walking Dead or whatever. In this case, the behind the scenes stuff where Marvel doesn't own Spider-Man and Sony does, but they're working together actually created this possibility for, and and I'm so impressed that they actually went there to totally make the best out of this weird situation by going back to all the Sony movies and using that, but having it be in the Marvel cinematic universe, it's just a fanboy's dream come true. You know, it really was. (laughs) I mean, and just like, as I mentioned, like there were two movies in my top five that made me cry. Spider-Man No Way Home was yeah. the other one. Oh, God, I cried so a emotional. number of times in this movie. <laughs> I mean, there's a huge death that happens in this movie. I won't I won't spoil that. Um, but I remember being in the theater and there's a there's like an iconic Spider-Man line that we have not heard in this franchise and we hear it in this movie. And then I remember like hearing those words uttered. And the theater, I went on, saw it on opening night and the theater like erupts in applause. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the Spider-Man fan in me is like, what are you applauding for? That means this person's about to die. <laughs> Why are you right. applauding? Do you know nothing about this But I love being in the franchise? theater with excited people who are yeah. like, so every entrance got applause. And um, the thing that I love the most, I mean, I heard rumors that, okay, they're trying to get Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire to come back. Andrew is, uh, is probably going to do it, but I, from what I was gathering, maybe Toby was being a dick and the negotiations weren't working out or something. Mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe Andrew Garfield would come back for a quick cameo or maybe best of all worlds, both of them, maybe they'd be in the after credit scene or something. So when it turned out that they both came back and were a huge part of the movie, yeah, I was overjoyed. And not only that they were a big part of it, but just the way they did it where they were all brothers and they formed like the Spider-Man support group and just <laughs> really support and understood each other and, and made each other or made me laugh. It was funny as hell. And then in particular, the scene, the which pointing. I won't spoil, but yeah, the pointing and saying, <laughs> yes. Peter, I'm Peter. Oh, Peter Parker. Well, I'm yeah. Peter Parker too. But They brought um, a meme to life. <laughs> yeah, right. 
right. That's so right. Good. That's so good. I didn't even realize that. Yep. But the, 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 the part, the one that made me the most emotional, because I, I, I didn't like the Andrew Garfield I already know where movies. you're going. I, I think he was great in them, but I thought the writing was so bad. But he was so good in this movie. And the scene where he saves a certain person mm-hmm. was, it just really, really got me so hard. That hit me, that particular scene, I think hit me harder than any other scene in that movie. Yeah. Because I know the backstory behind his getting emotional over that. And I agree with you. I think the first Amazing Spider-Man movie is incredibly underrated. The second one is is oh god it's it needs to be retconned so bad it's crazy yeah um and not to spend too much time on this because i know we're both just geeking out about spider yeah right like it was so good though it's the other the other scene that really got me emotional but in a like i'm i'm nerding out so hard kind of way kind of like the same way when when cap catches monier in endgame or when he finally says avengers assemble like nerd chills the the scene in in no way home that did that was when the three of them agreed to finally like work together and then they just take off and they're swinging together and the action was so good so good yeah like that's an i mean it it, this movie really hit on a whole bunch of different levels the humor the writing the the characterizations the action the story all of it and the aftermath of the movie really grounds the character and mm-hmm. going forward, this is going to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that the other movies have given us that started with. Now we're going to get that going forward, which I really appreciate. Yeah. No, no suit, no like technology suits or anything. No, no nano technology. It's just him homemade costume <laughs> swinging around the streets of New York. And it's, I can't wait. And I love that. Um, they there was no J. Jonah Jameson in the other um Tom Holland movies until the end. And they were just like for, you know, forget it. We can't find anyone better than uh what's his name? Oh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, yeah. just get him again. <laughs> J.K. Simmons is so great in that role. Yeah. He he's like he is the embodiment of J. Jonah Jameson. Right. It's, it's so good. Um yeah, and I think like I'll this will be my last note on it too. But one of my other favorite parts, and this is just me being bitter, one of my other favorite parts about this movie, seeing it opening night. Um, I'm not a fan of the Venom movies. I haven't never been a fan of the Venom movies because I'm a purist, and I'm like, how can you create Venom without Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point of it. And I know when Let There Be Carnage came out, there was an end credit scene of him crossing over into the MCU and seeing Tom Holland on the screen and everybody getting excited. Like, Oh, he's crossing over. He, they're going yeah, to fight. Yeah. yeah. They're going to fight. They're going to like, they're going to join forces. I was one of those whatever. people. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the post credit scene in no way home that sees him get sent back. And like, what? World. You're like, and yes. <laughs> my favorite part was, just hearing the audible groans from the audience of like you did, like what? <laughs> like, he, what does cr- this mean? They never met, and it was all just. All right, I won't ruin what that what that scene actually does, but <laughs> that was just a great moment for me. That inside, I was hysterically laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious that they did that. I was like, eh, yeah. jokes on you. I yeah, I I kind of like the Venom movies. I don't. 
they're not my favorite, but I, I think they're pretty fun. But I, I also, there's a part of me that's like, that's not how Venom is, you know, they can't, why can't they just get Venom right? First it's Topher Grace and now this. I mean, like his <laughs> hatred, not to dive into a comic book um, tangent, but I mean, his hatred for Peter Parker and Spider-Man is the reason he is who he is. Yeah. So I, yeah, his I story like, is, eh. I mean, I wish they would just do the comic book story where, Peter Parker gets an alien suit and wears it for a while, but it just looks like a black version of his costume. And yeah. then it starts taking him out at night without him knowing. And then you start realizing it's evil, but they can't do that now. Well, maybe they could, but we all know what Venom is now. So, well, it, it's kind of set up to do that now. So yeah, we'll, you're right. Yeah. We'll, maybe. we'll see. Not to ruin anything. So <laughs> cool. Yeah. I had a feeling that was going to be your number one as well. I so. mean, it was just, was, Spider-Man's been my favorite since I was a little kid and used to watch little segments on the electric company where he would teach kids how to read. <laughs> and then there were the old 60s cartoons. I love those. Yeah. Um. Cool. So let's knock out a couple honorable mentions and yeah. then we'll, uh, we can move on to the television side of things. But what are, what's, what's one of your honorable mentions on your list? This is the one I saw today. It's a movie called Pig with Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. It's on my list, and I yeah. keep hearing great things. It's a weird movie. It's He plays this hermit who has this pig that routes for truffles, and he sells them to this guy who goes into town and resells them, but he barely talks, and he's looks like a homeless guy, dirty, and a big bushy beard. And then someone breaks in and steals his pig, and the movie, whole movie is about his attempt to get it back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting and, and unpredictable. And uh, about two thirds of the way through when I was like, am I going to love this movie? It's I realized it started. It was about something important to me um, that I was like, oh, yeah, this is deep, too. So I really liked it. Yeah. And I heard like like I had some people like when the when the premise came out and the synopsis was out about like him searching for his pig. Everybody was like, <laughs> oh, it's like, is this Nicolas Cage's John Wick? Right. That's what and, people think. But and they're nah. like, no, like it's not. It's but not there is movie. It's... a very Fight Club like scene in it. But that's sort of not what the rest of the movie's like. He he has taken on some weird roles in the past couple of years. And a lot of them are hit or miss. Like some of them, they're either complete misses. But if they don't miss, they hit hard. Right. It's just like, let's try something crazy. And I think there's talk of, you know, Oscar nom for this one. That's great. Yeah, it's on my list. It. It's on my list to watch. And I really every time I see it in my list, I'm like, oh, I need to watch that. I think that, you like this one, actually. That one. And oh, what's the other one that he was in? Um, It's kind of like a fighting. I, don't, I think it's like a samurai movie for some reason. It's like prisoners of uh, prisoners of Ghostland, I which was another one. one he did last year in 2021. Mm -hmm. But I haven't watched yet. So cool. Uh, one of my honorable mentions, this one was so tough to not put in my top five. Uh, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I take it you're not a fan of that movie. You know, I I love Bob Go Odenkirk, and I think that movie had a lot of style, but this is another area where I'm not on the same page as most people. Cause I think it was directed by the John wick guy, right? Yes. And it was yeah. similar to John wick and those movies. I just feel sad and depleted after watching them. I'm like all this, the hero just killed a lot of people and we're supposed to be happy about it. And even though they're bad people, it just, uh, I just can't. 
So right. fair enough. That's my take, but <laughs> fair, fair enough. I know. I mean, I was stoked to see him doing something cool like that for sure. Cause I love Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. yeah fair enough. <laughs> uh, what's another for, on your list? Uh, Bo Burnham's inside the Netflix. It's, I, I still haven't seen it. It, it I would, you know, what I would suggest is, uh, I'll send you like, because it's sketches. Uh, if you guys don't know, Bo Burnham is uh, kind of a stand up comedian, former YouTuber, and he did a one man show in his own apartment for, um, during the first part of COVID. It's really creative and funny as hell and clever, but it's like discreet songs and things. So you could just like listen to one or two songs and know for sure if you would mm-hmm. enjoy the rest of it. And I know I've, I've talked to friends who have seen it and love it too. And I know like he has, he is somebody who was always even pre pandemic has suffered from depression and anxiety. Yeah. Um, and this really spotlights a lot of those feelings because that's, I mean, it's basically what it is. He's doing it from home alone. Yeah. As you're watching, uh, for me, I felt like at any moment he could just fall apart psychologically, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Yeah. That's but, all. That's on my list as well. I just very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm for another one of mine. I'm going to go with free guy with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. I like that one. Okay. That movie, like that <laughs> was another it. one. I know it got delayed quite a bit. And when yeah. it finally came out, like I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan. I'll watch almost yeah. anything he's in. He's and, just Mr. Magnetically charming. And that movie, man, cracks me up so much. And it's so clever. I mean, it's, you know, basically being inside a video game and that's mm-hmm. his world and that's where he exists. And it's, I know it's a premise that's kind of been done before, but this took like such an original twist on it. And I was like, yeah, I'm where fine. was it done? Um, well, I mean like being like, like Tron, I guess entering into a video game, <laughs> Tron ready player one. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 But this is, the but first this was a little different. Yeah. Like yeah. you're an actual character and you realize you're a character in a game. Yeah. When I heard the premise, I was like, how, that's kind of interesting, but are they really going to make that work? And they sure did. I, I thought it was really fun. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just a, a blast of a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got three more. Um, my next one is Mitchell's versus the machines. I, I keep that hearing one? really good. Things it's good. That. I know. I, I, I don't even know why we decided to watch it. I was just like, let me s- see what's on netflix that nico and i could watch together and oh oh this looks cute let's start it we probably won't finish he gets bored really easy we sat there and watched the whole thing it's a family cg animated kids movie where robots take over the world and uh but it's mostly about like the connection between the dad and this daughter who's about to go to college and it's fun and funny it's funny it's clever and really liked it it's at like a 98 percent on rotten tomatoes too yeah. so i mean it's <laughs> it's yeah it's it's on no I, you're gonna love it I keep Seriously, hearing, yeah. And I'm looking at the cast too. I mean, Abby Jacobson, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph, Olivia Coleman, Fred Armisen, Beck Bennett. It's got a great. Well, you lost me at Chrissy Teigen, but um, <laughs> I don't even know who plays who. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, maybe I don't want to find out who she played. I'll bump it up on my list because <laughs> uh, yeah, I keep hearing. I I've heard great things about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I hope they make a sequel. That's how much I liked it. I'm like, I want more. Um, I'm gonna stay on the Ryan Reynolds train. Uh, and I'm going to go with Red Notice. I never with, saw that. I got to watch him, it. Uh, Gal Gadot and Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun action adventure movie. And, you know, again, I'm already a fan of, of Ryan Reynolds and I'm a fan of Dwayne Johnson. So put them together. And yeah, it's it's just it's the first time movie. they've been together, right? Um, 
it's the first time they've been together as the co-stars of mm. a movie. Ryan Reynolds is also in. Um, oh, man, they're they are in a movie together. But Ryan Reynolds is the oh, it's um, Hobbs and Shaw, the spinoff okay. of the of the Furious Fast right, and Furious right. movies. But Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart are both in that movie as well. But they're supporting characters. Right, right, right. This is the first time they they shared the spotlight together sure. in the movie, and it's great. Cool. It's fun. Okay, my next one is uh, Godzilla versus Kong, which I think is. A super dumb story, but so amazing to watch. <laughs> the monster scenes are, I think, the best I've ever seen. It's so, fun. That's how I felt. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie, and I was. I hope they make more of those. Yeah, movies. I know. Yeah, really so, good. I just I love the memes that came out of it because one of the things I predicted was you know like okay Godzilla versus Kong, uh, the, the, one of them's not going to win. There's going to be a greater evil that they're going to have to team up and. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, okay, so it's basically Batman v Superman, but with monsters. <laughs> and Godzilla and Kong are both going to find out their mom's name is Martha. Like, their mom's name is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with Dwayne Johnson this time too. I'm going to go with Jungle Cruise. I didn't see that one either, oh, but I heard man. it was good. It's it was so much better than I expected, and it's another one of those movies where I just didn't see the ending coming. Okay. And it really pleased me. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Disney steps it up, man, sometimes. So that's on Disney Plus, right? That's on Disney Plus, yeah. Mm-hmm. My last one is one we already kind of talked about more than Miyagi, the Pat Morita story, which I very much enjoyed. But it was kind of sad, too. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a great documentary. I highly mm-hmm. recommend that one to, to anybody who's a fan of Pat Morita or Karate Kid or Happy Days or, you know, which I know you're a huge fan of, yep. of Karate Kid. Um, I have two more, uh, so I'll just knock them out real quick. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I did too. If not for a kind of a bit formulaic third act, I would have liked that even more, but I did like it a lot. But highly action-packed in that third act, yeah. though. Um, yeah, that's true, yeah. You know, and it was so But the good. San Francisco I'm, stuff was was really cool. Oh, that was great. And I, I, I was hit or miss on Aquafina, and now I'm a hit. Like, yeah, like, yep, I'm a good. fan. She's fantastic. Uh, and the other one I have, speaking of Andrew Garfield, is Tick, Tick, Boom. I haven't seen that yet. I, I, I'm really curious. Again, that's another one. Have tissues ready. Okay. It's just, you know, it's basically, it's it's the real life story of the creator of Rent and, you know, how he came about creating that show and how he okay. never even lived to see it. Good timing with that, with, um, with Spider-Man, you know, yeah. because everybody's probably in love with Andrew Garfield by now. He's and then I did you see that YouTube video of him the with Cobra the, Kai the cast, cast giving him Cobra a call Kai, out because yeah. he's a huge fan and he couldn't believe it. That was so great. It was so it was so <laughs> touching watching that too and saying yeah. like, oh, and him saying like oh this is like one of the greatest moments of my life. And it's yeah, like, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I read there was another article I read earlier today too where he. He auditioned for Prince Caspian in the Chronicles of Narnia movies, mm. and they told him apparently he wasn't good looking enough oh, come on. to play the role. So he wow. could have been Prince Caspian, but he wasn't. Well, those and, movies kind of fizzled out anyway. Right. He made the, <laughs> he, he, he made the better choice in not taking them. Uh, cool. So that was fun doing the, the movies. There's a lot of great ones in there, and I added yeah. more to my list that I need to watch. Cool. Me too. Yep. So uh, we're going to take a break real quick. 
Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to dive into our favorite television of the year. So stick around mm-hmm. and we'll be right back. This episode of Wilhelm is brought to you in part by Entertainment Earth. If you are a fan of pop culture collectibles just like I am, Entertainment Earth is your one-stop shop for everything you need. With toys, collectibles, and apparel from so many franchises like Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Transformers, Back to the Future, one of my favorites, and more made from manufacturers such as Funko, Lego, Hasbro, and Mattel, just to name a few, I guarantee you, you will find something that will fill that collectible void, including many things you can't even find in stores. And best of all, Entertainment Earth offers the option to pre-order any of their upcoming new items at no money down, meaning you don't pay until it ships. How awesome is that? So check out their site, do some shopping, and help support Wilhelm by using the link in the show notes of this episode to browse the site. Entertainment Earth. Great collectibles at Grady's. We are back and we're going to jump right into the television side of things uh, and reveal some of our favorite, our top five favorite TV series of 2021. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this is these aren't shows that necessarily debuted in 2021. These are just shows that we just really enjoy watching. These episodes debuted in 2021. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) They had episodes. It aired in 2021. That's all. That's all that matters. Although I think. Yeah, actually, three of mine actually did air did debut in 2021. So it just happened to be a Me too, happy three, coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. So let's, um, let's jump right into it. And, you know, we'll do our top five and then we'll throw out some honorable mentions there as well. This is going to be interesting because I really, I really don't know where you fall with this one. Yeah. The movies, same. I had a prediction. Mm-hmm. This is I, like, yeah, that Spider-Man one I kind of thought was going to be both of our <laughs> top picks. It was pretty clearly given. <laughs> At that point. Um, but yeah, I'm really curious where this is going to fall. So uh, number five. What My number five you? is Netflix's Lock and Key. I still need to watch it. It's. Oh, you haven't even seen it at all? No, no. Mm. I mean, you could talk about it. It's it's totally fine. I It's funny because uh, not to jump on your point, but there's a there's a couple shows that I'm like, I need to watch and I'm putting them in I, like Yellow Jackets is one. Yeah. Lock and Key is one. The Witcher is one. And Ozark is another one. And I'm like, mm-hmm. OK, these are the four series I'm going to focus on. I've got to get through these series. Once we're done with our lists, I will give you my opinion for whatever it's worth on what order you should watch this. OK, in. OK, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, Lock and Key is about this family in this old house full of magic keys that do really interesting things like. There's one called the Hercules key, where if you plug it into a belt that you're wearing, you're super strong. There's one called the anywhere key, where if you plug it into a door and you're thinking of a place you've been, or you can see a picture of when you open the door, it will lead to that place. Or um, I'll do one more. There's one called the dollhouse key, where there's a replica of the house that they're in somewhere else. And you open it with the dollhouse key and you can look inside and see tiny versions of the people who are in the house. 
and you can like stick your hand in and grab them or whatever. <laughs> this this sounds amazing. Like I feel like I need yeah. these keys. <laughs> yeah, it's really really fun to just because you know uh, Rima and Peck and I podcast about it, and we talk about what we would do if we had the keys or what kind of keys we wish they had. Um, it's kind of feels like a bit of a teen drama, but it's really breezy and fun. But also, it's dark with people die and there's demons and things like that. Um, it's based on a comic by Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's son. That was actually much more a horror comic. And this is a bit more on the fantasy side with the show, but it, it's, mm -hmm. it's really fun. And, and I have a real soft spot for it. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's one. I know you guys, like I listen to a lot of the coverage that you, that you and, and Paik and Rima and all the, all the other people that podcast on uh, podcastica and I feel bad that I don't get to listen to those episodes because I haven't watched the show yet and but it is now on my list and I know it's two seasons right they just wrapped season two yeah okay yep so, two I'll, seasons I'll, I will have and to make season sure three I has been filmed but we don't know when it's coming out okay Netflix is really on the ball man like yeah. they're getting ahead with some of the shows well they, kinda, they make I, us wait I know. Just put the other one out. But I suspect they filmed two and three back to back because there's a young kid on there and they don't want a big growth spurt when they're not ready to do a time jump yet. Makes sense. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's one I'm definitely going to have that I have to uh, is on my list to watch. So uh, my number five is a show that debuted in 2021. My number five is only murders in the building. Nice. I still didn't get to finish that. I need to go back and. It was, it yeah, 10 episodes. It was a Hulu exclusive series. And, you know, we, you and I did the podcast, did the episode of Wilhelm on Steve Martin. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, Amy Ryan. Like, it is, it's one Great of those Great comedy shows. team. Martin Short, Stephen Martin, and Selena. And Selena Steve Gomez. Martin and Selena Gomez. <laughs> but apparently from what I've read and, like, interviews I've seen, like, even including from Steve Martin and Martin Short themselves, they say like she can hold her own. Like she's I, that was clear on screen to me. Yeah. She was really fun. She kind of vibes older woman, you know, like older than her age. Yeah, um, but mm. I mean, like you had Nathan Lane make special appearances, Jimmy Fallon, Tina Fey. Like they they've pulled friends in uh, <laughs> to this season, and I know season two is already filming. Oh, and, cool! And I think debuts later on this year. So I'm really excited for what that brings. And I'm really excited. And I won't spoil the way it ends since you haven't finished it. But thank you. The way the season ends, I'm like, yeah, like, where are they going to go with season two? Mm. Like, I really, really can't wait. But Steve Martin and Martin Short, I mean, like, that's a comedic. That's a legendary comedic team right there. Yeah. And I was glad that uh, Martin Short kind of toned it down a little bit mm -hmm. it was good i i enjoyed it they both kind of toned it down a little bit although there are a couple moments in the series <laughs> where it's like all right like i i get it like this is total slapstick and and i love it and i appreciate yeah. it for what it is yeah it's fun so you need to finish it though it's a yeah i know i know it's a great gonna... conclusion to the series cool so uh number four my number four is an hbo show it's uh they thought it was only going to be one season, but now they're doing a season two called White Lotus. I just saw the announcement for one of the castings. Yeah. For, for Aubrey Lotus. Plaza. Yeah. She's fantastic. I know. I loved her in uh, Legion, especially, but Parks and Rec and just Legion, her. Parks and Rec, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. Right. She's so good. So this first season, uh, it was HBO was like 
talked to one of their writers named Mike White, and they're like, we need a show quick that can be all filmed, that can be written in a few months and all filmed in one location because of COVID. So he came up with this satirical look at people who come to this posh Hawaiian resort. And it's all about people who are well off and how shittily they treat the people who serve them without with being kind of clueless about it you know, entitlement and privilege and stuff like that. But what, what really got me is it's black humor and it's funny as hell. And it just, the craziness and the conflict and everything going on kind of ramps up as the season goes along. I actually watched it twice. I, I really, really dug it. How many episodes is the season? Six. So it's pretty, oh, that's, pretty that's quick. An easy, that's an easy knockout. Yeah, it, and it has this weird fluttery music throughout. It goes like, and you would think it would be overwhelming, but it strangely worked for the show. I, I'm not sure um, whether you would be into this or not, um, but it'd be worth a shot. I'd still, yeah, I might give it a shot. I mean, mm. anybody notable in the cast of the first season or Jennifer Coolidge? Okay, and uh, this guy Murray Bartlett played. He, I hadn't seen him before, but he was the standout character. He's like the maitre d' at the hotel, and he's phenomenal. And then there's um, what the hell is this one girl in? Oh, you didn't see Handmaid's Tale. There's a actor from Handmaid's Tale in it, but it was a great cast. Oh yeah, and uh, Connie Britton from Friday Night Lights, Friday Night American Lights, Horror yeah. Story. She was in it. They were all really good. I might have to add it to my list and see if I can if I can squeeze it in. Six episodes should be easy to to knock out yeah and i think you would know well maybe by the say, first one or two maybe by the first one or two but it definitely does ramp up as it goes along but yeah i would say if you're not into it after the first one then maybe not okay uh so my number four is i think is a show i think you watch because i think we've talked about it before but i've just adored the show and uh number four is mythic quest yeah, that's which good. is an Apple Plus series with uh, with Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny and a lot of the Always Sunny writers uh, are on it, too. But it's not Charlie Always Day Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah, Charlie yeah. Day is a writer as well, but it's not Always Sunny. I mean, I want to make that clear. Like, it is not Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, there's definitely a lot of shared humor that you can you can see, but it's not as raunchy. Um, it, it's not as. It's like office politics, a lot of status yeah, I, and stuff it, like that, you know. For anybody that doesn't know, it's basically about the Rob McElhenney. Rob McElhenney plays the owner of a video game design company, and it's basically him and his staff working on keeping their game afloat and the designs with like expansions and everything. And, and struggling to see whose ideas went out and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I know I, I think it's Bethesda. I might be wrong on the game company, but there is a game company behind it. Like that they visited uh, to do the all the graphics to and do everything. the research. Yeah. And it's right. Um, I mean, I heard him, I read him talking about it. Like, people would say to him, you know, I, I would check out your show, but I'm not into video games. And he said, do you like the office? And they'd be like, Oh yeah. And he's like, are you into paper? Cause that's what they make on the office. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. That's, that's actually brilliant. And, but one of the things I really love about the show um, is I think it really highlights that Rob McElhenney is a very underutilized actor. Mm hmm. Because there have been some episodes where he just stands out incredibly. And 
I don't know if it's one of the ones that you've seen too, but like I know the first season came out before the pandemic. And then actually I think it hit right as the pandemic started. Um, and they released a in between seasons one and seasons two, season two, they released a quarantine episode dealing with all of these characters being at home quarantined. And I'll be honest with you, it it brought me to tears. It is incredibly mm. moving and it is easily one of the I know a number of shows did quarantine quote unquote quarantine episodes like pandemic episodes, Parks and Rec did a special. I know a number of other shows did it too. It is easily the greatest thing that came out of the pandemic. No, oh, well, wow. I don't know. No, I didn't. I've seen the first season and I didn't, I got to catch up though. They did. They did two standalone episodes between seasons one and seasons two. They did mm -hmm. uh, quarantine, which was episode 10 of the first season. And then they did another one called Everlight, which was a LARPing episode which was also <laughs> amazing uh it was all the cast of them like doing this yearly larp celebration they do in the studio but what was cool about that one was that as they're telling the story of their characters they actually make it look like they've actually become these characters like they kind of transform it into an actual <laughs> fantasy episode it's so well done but that quarantine episode man i highly recommend to anybody who's a fan of the show if they haven't seen it Awesome. It was so good. Uh, number three. Number three. It's Netflix most watched series ever, Squid Games. That's in my honorable mentions, and it was <laughs> tough to not put it in my top five. <laughs> I mean, I watched that for – so if people who don't know, it's – all the, they, this weird organization gathers all these people who are deeply in debt to play a game where they could possibly win money. And only after it, – it's – it's uh the first game is like red light green light yeah and only after that game do the is it revealed that if you lose you get shot right in the head <laughs> and that's like the end of the first episode you i'm lose, kind of spoiling but but uh it's that was so dark that i was sort of like wow man that that might be too dark for me but it was so there was so much buzz around it that i'm like all right let me just keep going and see and i, I realized it, this it, it's funny it's got heart it's very well made the filming that it's smart. Um, and also it just talks about the human condition and, mm. you know, the social commentary and how it has like the darkest depravity, but also heart and courage and compassion. And so I just, by the end of it, even though it is throughout the whole thing, really freaking dark. Um, I loved it a lot. I, I was with you on that. I like I, the only reason I watched it was because of the hype behind yeah. it like I, I hadn't watched it when it debuted but so many other people had mm -hmm. all these other people were saying like how great it was and i was like all right like i and i and then i kept seeing it nodded on like late night talk shows like in all these other pop culture right. arenas and i'm games, like okay games all right I'll, I'll give it a shot like snl was doing bits on it and i'm like okay i'll watch it and then i was the same way i was like okay i'm 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 kind of hooked on this now mm -hmm. but i will say there is an episode of that show that has broken me more than any other show ever has <laughs> ever has. And that particular, the ending of that episode broke me so hard that I think like, usually like if there's, if there's a, a series that hits me or movies that hits me, I can kind of be, like, like breathe a little bit and recover from it. I remember I still had like one or two episodes left because it's in the second half of the season. And I got to the end of that episode and I legit 
just stood up and walked to the other side of my apartment away <laughs> from, from the my, TV. From the TV <laughs> and I cried. Oh. And I'm like, I, I I don't know what to think. Like, I I think I am honestly emotionally broken right now. Well. I don't know how to react. And the only reaction I had was to cry. And then I and then I got on a Zoom call <laughs> to record an episode. I think it was an episode of Wilhelm. And then I did the episode of Wilhelm. And then I can't. Yeah, it's time I, to talk about top five comedies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can't remember. I had to record something immediately afterwards and I couldn't think. Oh, and man. then I and then when it's I was done recording, I went back and I finished the season. I'm right. like, I gotta I gotta finish. I, I'm sure there's some people hearing what you just said that are more intrigued by the show now because of it's, that. Man, yeah. <laughs> that that show had an episode I mean, that broke me more than any other show ever has. I mean, I don't tend to like I don't know, maybe like I, I just feel like I don't want to see horror movies that are about that are torture porn, you know, for a lack of a better word. Like I watched um, Human Centipede, and I'm like, why did I watch that? We've I'm definitely not watching before. the sequels. And and I thought Squid Games was going to be like that, but the more I got into it, the more I just feel like, now ah, this is a work of art. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really it's incredibly well done, and I am, I I don't think they've officially announced the season two. I think they've discussed it. He said he's yeah going to do it, but I don't know if that's official. Yeah, and I don't know where they're going to go with it. That's that's right. my biggest question. Well, there was the there were a few change. loose ends at the end. Yeah, but, but yeah, it what's won't the be core as big, of the? Yeah, it won't be as big of like a shock or a surprise to right. do this to repeat the format. I know. Like you would have to change it. Yeah, I feel like maybe a season two could just be like the sophomore slump kind of thing and not work really well, but we'll see. Yeah, if they do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so for my number three, I went with another Disney Plus series. It is one that I was highly anticipating and it blew me away. I did not expect to like it as much as I did. I went with Hawkeye. Mm. I, 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 mean, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, you really? You I'm going it. to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I'm, I'd be curious to know your thoughts when you finally mm -hmm. get through it. It's only six episodes, so it's it's an easy watch. But I like I'm a big fan. I was a huge fan of Falcon and Winter Soldier as a fan of Loki and What If. And I was like, okay, like Hawkeye's getting his own series. That's great. They're introducing Kate Bishop. This is awesome. And I just remember by like the second or third episode, just thinking, I'm like, this is fantastic. It's grounded. It's it's it shows humanity like it, it's humanizing like it's not a typical it, it's not like any of the like this guy doesn't have like a, a, a steel arm. He doesn't have wings <laughs> like he's not he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just highly skilled. So and it really and it's not really a spoiler for it, but it really shows a, a big focus on this guy who is purely just a human, just a highly skilled human suffering from PTSD, from the loss of his best friend, from saving the world, from the, mm. the battle in New York. Like it deals with so much, so many human elements that I just, I was blown away by this series. And I, I, I said, I think by episode three, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is going to be my favorite of the Marvel series. And that's cool. By the end of the by the end of it, I was like, yep, this is my favorite of the Marvel series. That does sound good. Like one thing I really liked about Legion, which is probably my favorite 
superhero TV show is they dealt like real human beings would at just about having powers, you know, like just talking about real world implications of that or just real conversations that people would have about it. So hearing that Hawkeye is kind of, um, uh, impacted by all the stuff that he's been through, like a mm-hmm. real person would be sounds good. Yeah. There's some, there's some great new characters introduced. Uh, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop is fantastic. Like she's, I've heard, yeah. she's the perfect Kate Bishop. Um, there's, I like the series too, by the way, that it's based on Matt Fraction. Yeah. The Matt Fraction series. series. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, and there's, there's definitely some twists. There's, you know, they build up these characters. I don't want to say too much. I got spoiled on one big one. Oh, on a character that comes in. On a in, big yeah. one. Yeah. On a big one. Yeah. Um, but I, if you want, or when you watch it, I'd, I'd be curious to, to know okay. your thoughts. Yeah. I'm definitely going in cause it's the only one I haven't seen yet. I've just been super busy with all these podcasts and everything. I get it. Totally get it. <laughs> uh, number two. Number two, Cobra Kai. I had a, I'm surprised it's not your number one. It was close. Actually, I think I know what your number one yeah, is, too. Yeah, I think too. you know. Um, <laughs> but, okay, I'm surprised it's not your number one. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. It could. I could easily switch my, my top two. But um, we, I know we can't say too much on it because you're still podcasting on Cobra Kai season four right now. That's right. And, and you don't Probably watch. Probably everyone hearing knows more than I do. Yeah. And you don't watch past the episodes you record on. Right. Um, I've so I've seen up through episode six. Yes. Although you haven't recorded on, on five and six. Five and yet. six. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, no. Right and, after we finish recording, I immediately watch the next two. <laughs> I, I don't blame you at all. Um, it's, it, it's an amazing series. Yeah. It's crazy because uh, I am a huge Karate Kid fan. My friends knew for years that that was my favorite movie. And um, when I heard that they were going to make a series out of it, I thought, that's probably going to suck. And then, But I'm going to watch it anyway because it's Karate Kid. And I watched it and I was just shocked at how great it is. And it not it's not just the nostalgia, but it's really smart. And it it, it remixes and recontextualizes all the bits from karate kid. Um, but I also love that it's about surrogate fathers, just Mm -hmm. like Miyagi was and in all these different ways, some bad influences and some good, but it's a lot of gray area stuff. And also it's about getting us to see different perspectives, you know, like karate kid was just black and white, bad and good, but here it humanizes everybody. And, but they also all have flaws. I just think it's so smart the way it does all that. Yeah, I mean, and it, one of the things I love about you guys covering it on House Podcastica too is like your coverage is fantastic. So anybody that's Thank you. We'll, we'll we'll plug it at the end of the episode, obviously. Mm. But yeah, anybody who's a fan of Cobra Kai who watches it, like I, I highly recommend you and Rima and Rich and your episodes on the coverage because I'm even listen. I like I listen to them, and it's so fun. I was telling you this the other day. It's so fun listening. And not being able to say about what you're right and what you're wrong <laughs> about, <laughs> and because I know, like I watched the entire season, I because I don't have to stop. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, the only downside is that I just I can't leave feedback or be a guest on the podcast because I don't want to risk giving away spoilers. Uh, but as I told you, once you get to episodes nine and ten, you will definitely get feedback. I'm looking uh, forward to it from me. But yeah, it's. I don't know if I was with you on the thinking it was going to suck. I think I remember seeing the trailer because it originally debuted on YouTube Red mm-hmm. and then season two moved. Was it season two or season three when it moved to Netflix? I, I think, think it three. was season two. 
No, or was no, it three? I, th- I think it was three. So one, yeah. oh yeah, I think you're right. I think one and two were on YouTube Red. Yeah, and then three was it was Went picked up Netflix, by Netflix. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think I remember seeing the trailer, and I had YouTube Red at the time, and I was like, I'm absolutely going to check this out. Well, I heard about it before I saw any trailer, and that's when I was like, really? But then when I started seeing the stuff come out, I'm like, ooh. It actually looks like it might be pretty good. And I get so excited, like even like going back to season three, because I can't say much about season four. Like I like I I cheer at my TV when I watch <laughs> it. Like I get pumped up. The way that season three ended, like I was so excited for season four. I was like, I need season four right now. Just like with Lock and Key, they've already filmed season five. They've wrapped filming mm-hmm. like last week or something. And there are, you know, they just came out four, but five is in the can. And uh, I thought that was awesome. But the writers are saying, yeah, we have more story beyond that. And there's a part of me that's like, don't wear it too thin. And so far they've been so good, amazingly so at just keeping it fresh. But I am (laughs) worried about it overstaying its welcome. Well, well, I can can tell you this and then I'll move on after this. Um, The way season three ended, I was like, that was amazing. I don't know if it can get better than this. And season four ended, I was like, yep, it got better. <laughs> it got That's better. Great. That's cool. So, I mean, yeah. So it is weird that it's only number two on my list because I do feel like it's my favorite show to podcast on that I've ever podcasted on. Um, and I've podcasted on a lot of shows. And you can tell when you listen really to your fun. coverage. <laughs> that you genuinely love the property. I mean, that yeah. shines through every every episode that you guys do. All three of you. Like, you can tell how much you love the property. And I honestly think that even if you're just a meh, like, mediocre fan of the Karate Kid movies, but you haven't seen Cobra Kai, I think it will make you love and appreciate the, the Karate Kid movies even more. I mean... Rima, one of our co-hosts, wasn't that into Karate Kid. I don't know if it made her appreciate Karate Kid more or not, but she definitely loves Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good and well-deserving of a top two spot. <laughs> um, my number two is a show that debuted um, uh, very early on, January of 2021, and is returning for its second season, I think, this week or next week. Uh, my number two is Resident Alien. I haven't seen that yet, but I'm with, so curious. With Alan Tudyk. I remember seeing the trailer for this. It's a sci-fi show um, on Sci-Fi Network. And I just remember seeing the trailers for it and being, okay, I love Alan Tudyk. I'm glad he's getting like a starring role, finally. Like he's getting the lead in a, in a series. And I... I watched the trailer. I'm like, that seems intriguing. It seems like it works well for him. I'm going to check it out. And I think even in the pilot, I laughed so hard at so many scenes. Like I could not catch my breath. The show <laughs> was that season one this year. Season one was, was uh, January of 2021. Okay. Yeah. So they've only done one season. So they've far. only done one season. Okay. Season two debuts, I think either this week or next week. Cool. Um, and I'm so excited because this is a role he was he was absolutely meant for. Um, I watch this one. If you're not familiar, it's um, he's an alien that crash lands on Earth, um, who takes the uh, takes the identity of a small town doctor in Colorado uh, to kind of 
um, put himself into the human element and uh, kind of get familiar with being a human and and it's 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 a very small town, so he's able to do it without attracting too much attention. But the hilarity of him learning elements of humanity and and not only that, but being a doctor at the same time and learning about human anatomy and <laughs> some of some of the best scenes are him and his bedside manner in which he has none. It's it's so damn funny. Like I have laughed so hard at this show that I cannot wait for season two. I can totally picture him playing that because he kind of seems like that normally mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. He seems like, like an awkward. alien in disguise. Yeah, exactly. That, and that's what I mean. Like, this seems like this was a role that was meant for him. Is he play. part of the creative team or anything? I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Sheridan is the creator of the show. Um, Chris Sheridan worked on, uh, let's see, he was, uh, he's a family guy writer. Actually, he hasn't done a lot. Um, Titus back in early 2000s um, he's been a writer on Titus and Family Guy that's it so you gotta start somewhere yeah well this is a good way to do it <laughs> highly recommend this show to anybody who just wants to laugh it's it's so damn good cool uh, so that brings us to our number ones mm-hmm. I have a feeling I already know what yours is but uh, <laughs> go ahead and say it you, you kind of made me feel guilty. Like I was thinking of that meme where you see the guy walking with his girlfriend, looking over his shoulder at the other girl, <laughs> and his girlfriend's pissed off. <laughs> and he's looking over Just at she's new. Or, yeah. or, or at your number one. I'm looking over at my number one. And they're both good looking, but maybe this one's just new. So it's got this novel quality to it. But anyway, it's Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, Daphne, our friend Daphne was like, have you guys seen Yellow Jackets? And I'm like, there's a new show every day. I can't keep up. And <laughs> no, seriously. And then more people started, um, all right, I'll check it out. I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> so I, I'm going to read the premise just so, because that's the easiest way to say what it's about. In 1996, a team of New Jersey high school soccer players, all women, by the way, girls, travels to Seattle for a national tournament. While flying over Canada, their plane crashes deep in the wilderness, and the remaining team members are left to survive for 19 months. The series chronicles their descent into madness and cannibalism while also tracking their current lives in 2021. It's it's on my list. As I mentioned, you know, there are four shows that I want to knock out. Yellow Jackets. Yeah mainly because everybody in our group of friends is like, you need to watch yellow jackets. (laughs) And it's, it's almost like a, it's almost become like a cult. Like you pull one person in and now that person's like, you need to watch yellow jackets. (laughs) It's like a period of of television. Um, The witcher, yellow jackets, lock and key and Ozark. Um, I'm waiting till next week to start yellow jackets. Cause that's the season finale. So I want to be able to just knock out, Oh yeah, the entire the entire series and uh, have to wait. It's it's got um, Juliet Lewis, Christina Ricci, and Melanie Linsky, and then a great cast of young people playing them as teens. It's it's got black humor. I'm, I call it, people like to say it's a mix of shows: Lost, Alive, Lord of the Flies. I feel like it's got some Mean Girls and even some sort of Melrose Place elements in there. But it's a lot like Lost in that there's two big things that make it like Lost. One is that 
they're stranded in one time frame and home in the other, but it's reversed because here they're stranded in the past and home in the present Mm -hmm. versus lost. But, um, also there's a lot of mystery and there's a lot of red herrings and misdirection. And that's one reason why it's like a virus because everybody's trying to figure all these little details of who (laughs) did what and who's doing what to who and why, and why this is happening. And, um, there's theories online and, you know, stuff like that. A lot, a lot of discussion. So it's like lost. I feel like that's why we started podcasting about this. Cause I'm like, just like lost. This is a show that cries out for a podcast to talk about all that stuff and get the listener feedback and everything. Yeah. That was, yeah. I think that was the moment when I realized I'm like, okay, this show must be good because all, <laughs> the, all of a sudden, like the, sh- the show was already five episodes into its 10 episodes. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, we're podcasting about it. It's like, what? The show is already halfway through. <laughs> I know. Cause everybody was, and I'm like, yeah, it is good, but they're already halfway through. And I've, just felt like if I don't jump on this, someone else is going to. So let's do it. So we yeah. did an episode catching up the first five and then we have been doing episode by episode since. Yeah. I, yeah. I keep hearing great things from a number of different people. So I'm just I'm waiting for this. Think. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the season to end and then I'm going to knock it out. And uh, I mean, if you're like me, when things get too hyped, then you don't think they're as good so i'll just tell you it's not very good <laughs> okay all right fair <laughs> enough now i really want to watch it <laughs> it's on my list though so um oh. same with like with like i said i mentioned ozark is also one of those four shows but yeah. ozark i think is one of those ones i'm going to wait because the last season hasn't started yet i think so, they decided to break that up into two that's what i heard as well yeah. so i might just wait until the second half mm-hmm. and then just knock everything it's a great show though jason bateman kills it and laura linney too i I love jason bateman like i've Mm -hmm. I've been a fan he's one of my favorites i don't know this is promoting another podcast but i don't know if you've ever (laughs) listened to smartless yes it's so it's so damn will uh what's his name will arnett Arnett. sean hayes it's that podcast is so damn funny i listen to an episode of that every day and i only have a couple left before i'm completely caught up yeah actually going to be depressed when i'm caught up i saw that they were doing that and i'm like oh great like when guys like this are doing that where does that leave us (laughs) but it's but it's such a fun premise no i love it that only one of them knows who the guest is and the other two have no idea it's always some big like jj abrams or somebody but it's always fun too to hear their introductions because their introductions are so misleading of the character (laughs) who they're bringing on anyway getting off topic um Top podcasts. Yeah, top podcasts. So that leads to my number one. And I think anybody who knows me, I don't think this is too big of a surprise. Uh, My number one is Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. It is quite honestly, it's not just one of my favorite shows of 2021. I think it might be one of my favorite shows of all time. (laughs) It's Jason Sudeikis is just so wonderful in this show. And he's got a heart of gold. He's kind of out of place being over in the UK, you know, being a a soccer football coach rather than American football coach. There are I know some people weren't crazy about the second season because it started diving into like panic attacks and it kind of they felt it kind of took away from what the first season was all about. But I think all that did was just add more character. I loved it. It, I did, too. It's. Yeah, it kind of veered into, oh, wait, what is this show? Like, he's Which is kind of as- like, what yeah. were we saying that about? Like, uh, Last Night in Soho, like, wait, what am I watching here? <laughs> yeah, like, it showed that, like, he's not this perfect person. He's got yeah. issues just like everybody else. kind of else. dark, even at times. Yeah, and I was like, 
like I I was actually really enjoying it. It is a show that had that makes me laugh so much. It has made me cry more times than not. And I honestly, I think in our group of friends, when we had our Hershey trip, was probably one of the most quoted television <laughs> shows of the entire. Ted Lasso was big in our in the group consciousness. Right yeah, there. we were quoting it. We were watching it, and it's just. I, I do. I quite. I. I honestly think it might be one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. It's in my honorable mentions for this year. And yeah, I really like it too. And I, I heard that they might just do one more season. That's what I heard too. I think they might do three seasons and then wrap it at three, mm-hmm. which will make me sad. Yeah. But if they go out on a high, if that's what I, they feel, then I respect that. Yeah. But all I know is that Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec used to be my spirit guide. It is now Roy Kent. Is <laughs> <laughs> is my is my new spirit guide. Brett Goldstein is so good in that role. And the story yep. behind how he got that role, I, I don't know if you've heard it. Mm-mm. He Brett Goldstein is, is a writer. He was hired as a writer for Ted Lasso. Oh. And when they were creating the characters. And he they was created like doing the voice and stuff. He he did like he yeah. he was he was writing for Roy, and he like he saw so much of that character in himself that he was like, I think I could play this part. Hmm. So he 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 filmed an audition tape and he sent it to the producers of the show, and said, Hey, I know you guys are still casting, but I just kind of want to throw my my hat into the ring. Nice. And the producers contacted him and said, Yeah, you know what? We don't need to look for anybody else. And they gave him the part. That's great. Well, they did the right thing, right? Yeah. He's so he's one of the best characters in that in that show, besides Ted himself and yeah. Coach Beard. Well, I love all of them. Hannah Waddington. Hannah Waddington is amazing. Really cool. And even the guy that plays the guy we all hate now, he does a great job. Oh, Nate. Nate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got. I always like to give the actors props who play the bad guys, you know, because that's a thankless job sometimes. But I think he's great on there. That Juno Temple is amazing as Keeley, like Phil Dunster's Jamie Tart. Like they're all, it's an amazing cast and it's, it's Tart- so well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so well done. It's it's so good. T- Ted Lasso's yeah was my number one. That was a good one. Uh, all right, let's knock out some honorable mentions, and then we can throw in what we're kind of looking forward to for the uh, for the new year before we get out of here. What's another one of your honorable mentions? Mike Flanagan's latest Netflix show, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is also in my honorable mm, mentions. So good. I, I don't know if I want to say that's my favorite of his because he also did a Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor, but um, it definitely I like some things about it better than best of all his stuff. I that was one of those ones that I was very hesitant to watch because I'm not a religious person and I know there are some highly religious undertones in yeah. that show. And then I remember watching like the first two or three episodes and being like, okay, I kind of like what they're doing with religion here. And then when it was revealed what the show actually was, right. it slapped me in it's the like, face. And I was like, yeah, this is a huge twist. <laughs> I felt exactly the same. Yeah. I was like, where is this going? Because I don't want to be preached to, to be honest. Yeah. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's anti-religion, but it's definitely anti-religious extremism. Well, I mean, like, like there are characters in that show that are portrayed so well, because like, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, these people are the reason why I'm not religious. But then there are also characters in there that are suffering from from crisis of faith. And Uh like, it's 
they show all the elements incredibly well. And then they throw that twist yeah. into the show that I was like, one, didn't see that coming. Two, they kept that it a secret. A, that it's is great. a whole new twist I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah. And done really well. Yeah. And uh, Pekin Rima's podcast just elevated it even Agreed. more strange indeed. They, they really did a great job with that show and they're doing a great job with Dexter now. I, I'm really impressed. Uh, speaking of Dexter, that's actually one of my honorable mentions <laughs> is Dexter New Blood. Um, mm. The series just wrapped. Yeah. I won't say anything to anybody who hasn't seen it yet because it is very, very fresh. Um, how the how the show ended, but their coverage of that has been fantastic. Absolutely. Every time I watch the episode, I just I can't wait to for the podcast to drop so I can listen. Uh, yeah, to it. I know because uh, we're recording Lock and Key on one night and then they would do Dexter the next night they would record Dexter. And when it came time for us to record for lock and key, I'm like, why don't you guys just record Dexter tonight so I can listen to it and we'll do lock and key tomorrow. (laughs) But this, but the series itself, I, I was one of those people that was really disappointed with the way the original series ended. (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine anyone wasn't. (laughs) Um, I think didn't Rima say she was okay with it or was she was someone who's disappointed with it? I think she was disappointed with it. I mean, yeah, I think so. But I, but you know, going into the, this new series, I remember getting like halfway through and thinking, okay, this has restored my faith in the show. Cause I was very skeptical. Um, I went into it as a skeptic by like the fourth or fifth episode. I was like, yep, this show is fantastic. (laughs) Not only is it good, it's almost season four. Good. Yeah. Season four is one of the best seasons of not only Dexter, but one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched. Hmm. I just love Michael C. Hall in that role so much that even in the later seasons, when I didn't think it was very good at all, especially that last season, I still enjoyed watching him play the role. Yeah. He's just so good as, as that part in that part. And I, and I won't ruin anything, but I will say, um, because the podcast hasn't dropped yet. So I haven't heard their opinions on it yet. Um, at least it hasn't dropped yet by the time we're recording this. Uh, I was incredibly content with the way the season ended. Hmm. I was very, very content. Yeah. I'm still, I guess I'm still wrestling with it. I think I am too though. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Better than the other ending. (laughs) God, yes. (sighs) So, uh, what's another honorable mention? Uh, walking dead world beyond. I keep hearing that it got so much better it, and it got good. It really did. And especially if you're a walking dead fan, it, it was just kind of, I don't know why, but this word delicious is coming into my mind. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is like so fun to watch. And I, I totally get like, it started off like a WB teen drama and it, the season one, I think it did get better and better as it went along. But season two was just another level above. And I would suggest if you're a Walking Dead fan and you didn't bother, just watch a recap on YouTube of season one and then watch, and watch season, season two. two. Yeah, I might have to do that. It's kind of must see, I would say, for Walking Dead fans. I, I, I really think it was great. Okay. Yeah, I was one of those people that I watched it when it first, when season one aired. And I think I got halfway through the first episode and I was like, nah, I'm just, this is not right, getting my not attention. Thing. Yeah, I can understand that, but I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to thank me if you end up watching season two. All right. I'll have to go back and I'll, I'll do, I'll do what you recommend. I'll watch a recap of season one and then I'll jump mm-hmm. into season two. Uh, 
we already talked about Cobra Kai, which was in my honorable mentions. Uh, but another honorable mention of mine is what we do in the shadows. Oh, so good. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so good. I, I honestly don't know. It should have been in my top five, but there were so many other great shows. I can't believe I forgot about it, but I love that show. Yeah, it's it's another show that just makes me laugh every week. The writing is brilliant. It's it's so good. That last episode, I'm like, dude, what are you going to do with that? Yeah, Where are you going to go from here? (laughs) (laughs) Hope it's somewhere good. Come on. So but, you know, it's coming back and I can't I can't wait for it to come back. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That is such a fun show. It's so that's my favorite. Well, Cobra Kai's a comedy, so it's it, I like Cobra Kai more. But what we do in the shadows is a really good comedy right now. Yeah. If you want to, it's, it's feel it's so, good. It's so clever. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it's, how it's kind of racy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's like I, it's not subtle humor. It's it's definitely not subtle humor, but it's just it's funny though. It's it's funny. It's so damn funny. <laughs> um, what's another? What if? Yeah, the the Marvel series. I thought as it went along, I'm like, wow, I think this is the, the, the animation is gorgeous. Uh, I don't know the way, I mean, I always liked the what if comic and they really just did the Marvel MCU version of that. And, and I thought did it well. I mean, I wish they could have gotten even more of the actors voices in there, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I think it's my favorite of all the Marvel series of all the Marvel series. Yeah. It's it's fair. I mean, it is. A, it was incredibly well done. I know. I think the animation turned some people off. Some people just weren't used to. I know. I don't, that style. I was me. fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. I was absolutely fine with it. Um. Yeah. I get that. Um. I have three more on my list. I don't know how many. I got two more. You have two more. Okay. So we just go one and one. Um. This is a show that's in its third season right now. Third or fourth season. I actually don't remember. Um, but I've been a fan of it since the beginning, and I still think it's one of the best shows on television, is New Amsterdam on NBC. Never heard um, of it. I'm not a medical procedural fan. I haven't been since House. Um, but I was a big fan of the actor Tyler Labine from um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil and Deadbeat and... He always did those like stoner fat guy roles. <laughs> and I saw him in the trailer and I was like, okay, like this is different. This is a different role for him. Let me check this out. And I was hooked from episode one. It is an incredibly well done medical procedural based on an actual doctor um, who wrote a book about it. It's based in New York City. Um, New Amsterdam is actually very loosely based on Bellevue Hospital in New York City. So it's a, is it like a drama? It's a drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is another show that has left me emotional. Like it's made me cry. I just think is it's incredibly, incredibly well done. Cool. So, uh, what's another? I think maybe ER was the last hospital drama I really got into. That was such a great show. Yeah. It was I, the I, number I one show for a long yeah, time. Yeah. And I, I never, I never watched ER. I never watched mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy. I haven't watched that either. Yeah. So, um, my next one is, uh, I got two more one division, which I really loved. It was so unique, uh, the way they aped the sitcoms of the different decades. And I loved how they tied that into Wanda's story. And, um, my wife, Jenny went to Yale with the director of all of those episodes and, and helped him do plays. She like decorated the sets of the plays he was directing but um that kind of 
made me like it a little bit more knowing that one of her classmates was a big success with this. <laughs> I love the connections that you have. I watching, I, it it's was weird. funny because I watched Hawkeye with, with my mom and I, I bragged a little bit. I was like, you know, my friend Jason, right? He, you know, he went to high school with Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Seems like I just make all this stuff up, but it's true <laughs> because I don't know if I I've told it. you this, but I probably haven't said it on, on Wilhelm, but, um, it, during our 10 year reunion, Jeremy Renner was like, telling people, Hey, I'm, I'm getting some commercials and stuff. And we're like, okay, Jeremy, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then on our 20 year reunion, Hurt Locker had just come out and he waltzes in with a bunch of uh, women and they were surrounding him the whole night. <laughs> and then it was, I think and it had just been announced to, that he was going to be Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. We're and like, everybody, okay, Jeremy, you were right. Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Touche. But what I liked, I, what I really liked about WandaVision too was I, I, I agree, like it was incredibly clever about how they took all these television tropes and incorporated it into telling it a story about a Marvel character. But at the same time, it wasn't just this story of this Marvel character. It was also the five stages of grief. Yeah. At the same time, which yeah. I think was incredibly well written. It really wasn't how a lot of that was just under the surface sometimes, mm -hmm. like a Twilight Zone story or something. But they, he did such a good job of mimicking the style. And she, I got a new appreciation for Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. She was so phenomenal in that and acting like uh, Dick Van Dyke's, you know, Laura, uh, Mary Tyler Moore in the first episode. And she just did such and a good like, job. Yeah, like, I think like Julie Bowen from Modern Family. Yeah, and, like uh -huh. she mimicked all those different characters incredibly well. Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah, it was. It's a great series. Um, another one of mine. This is another network show, but I'm a huge fan of it. The Rookie on ABC. This is this is a show that's in its third season. This is a cop procedural, mm -hmm. uh, but it's headlined by Nathan Fillion, who I am a huge fan. Oh, yeah, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is basically a series where he is an older gentleman, like in his late forties, like mid to late forties, and decides to go for a life change and become a police officer in L.A. Wow. And and it's about like him going through all that and being the rookie, you know. Of the, what what uh what was he doing before that? He was a carpenter. Wow. Yeah, he built he like he built homes, like he built uh -huh. his own home, and and I think like he he goes through like a, a divorce, and it just causes him. Or no, I think there's something. If I remember correctly, because it's going back to the beginning of the season, but I think. He was he was divorced from his wife. He was going through a phase in his life where he didn't know what he wanted to do anymore. And then I think he's in a bank when he witnesses a robbery. And I think he actually assists in stopping it. Mm. And that makes him take the life choice. That, okay, I want to go into law enforcement. Right. I love that. I got to do yeah. more of that. <laughs> and it's just it's it's cool. I like him a lot. Too. It's a fun. And it's a great show. It's it's mm. it's super well done. And it's uh, it just I, the it's. I like it for the same reason I like New Amsterdam is that it you see elements of medical procedural in New Amsterdam and cop procedural in The Rookie that you don't see in other series. Mm. Um, like for example, just for the for just an example from The Rookie, anytime you see, and I know this from being part of a law enforcement family because my father was in law enforcement, his brother was in law enforcement, his father was in law enforcement. So I I didn't go that path. I almost did. I went a different path instead. Um, but like there's, there's an episode where he's in a cop related shooting. Like he shoots one of the suspects that he's chasing any other cop procedural that you see it's okay. Business as usual. I shot the guy, 
business as usual. But as somebody who knows about how law enforcement works, there are, even if you are completely 100% in the right, there are investigations that follow. Mm-hmm. Like you are not allowed back on the street until that investigation mm. completes. And the rookie did that. Like it was the first time as a rookie cop, he ever had to shoot somebody and they did all of that. They mm. showed the investigation cool. that goes behind it. His fear that even though he was in the right is, is it going to be seen that way? Sure. It's incredible. Did he question bad. himself at all? Yeah. And that's part of yeah. it. Like he questions himself. Did Sounds I really right grounded. Which yeah. is Pretty cool. Interesting. It is. But it's also got that Philly and humor. Right. Too, because he's just that guy. Yeah. You got to so, have that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get out of my head every time I think of him. God damn it, Firefly. That's, <laughs> that's not fair to him. <laughs> I swear by my pretty floral bonnet. <laughs> but that's still a great show. Yep. Uh, what's another one on your list? My last one is Ted Lasso, which we've already talked about. Which we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings me to my last one, too. Um, this one's on my list more of a, a personal reason because it, it highlights a memory from this year that I have. Um, it's going to sound weird, but one of my honorable mentions is Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Oh, man, that's a great show. Love I love it. the show. I've loved it since the beginning. Brilliant. Um, the writing is brilliant. He is an amazing host. Um, Funny as hell. But the memory that I have from this show this year is I actually got to go to New York City to go to the season finale. I got to be in the audience for the season finale, which was (laughs) fantastic. So there was well, have they aired that? I haven't been keeping up. They air that night. Was there? Oh, okay. Was there a big like to do at the end? There was. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He does something big in all of his finales. Yeah. Of course. When I got the tickets and my buddy Josh accepted my invite to come with me, the whole time we're on the train, we're like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? What's he going to do? And of course, he goes big in his finale like he always does. Go check it out. So such a great, cool opportunity. I've been to Fallon now. I've been to last week tonight. And it's just, yeah, it's I think uh, Colbert's my next my next one to go for. Man, you got me beat. I only went to Arsenio. (laughs) You also went to Talking Dead, too, though. Did you? Uh, no, no, I never went to Talking Dead. I thought you were. In a, I thought you went to an episode of Talking Dead. No, we went to a, a like a premiere season premiere event or something that was outdoors. But no, I never been. I never. Oh, did okay. Go to Talking Dead. Maybe that's where I was. Con- yeah, maybe that's where. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking. Anyway, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm sad I missed Letterman. I wish. I mean, I'm on the West Coast, so what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's one of the reasons I'm like. I'm I got to do Fallon and I got to do mm-hmm. last week tonight and Colbert's next on my list because he's also in New York City. So he's great, too. And I'm two hour. I'm a train ride to New York. Um, All right. So lots of television, lots of movies. Let's do this very quickly because I know we've, yeah. we've run a little long and we still have feedback to go through as well. Um, What are we looking forward to in 2022? We can just throw a couple things out there, movies and television wise. Um, What are some of the things that you're looking forward to? Um, The Flash. I, DC does the multiverse mm-hmm. with Michael Keaton. Looking forward to that. Uh, I found out there's a CG Mario movie coming out with, with Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yep. I'm excited about that because the Mario movie that we did get was not a Mario movie with Bob Hoskins. And my four-year-old Bodhi is just all about Mario right now. So I can't wait for him to see that. Uh, I'm just going to go down my movie list. If yeah, you yeah go for it. Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm super stoked dr strange and the multiverse of madness spider-man across the spider-verse 
the Into the Spider-Verse yep. sequel. Part, part one. one. Part one. The Batman. On my and, list. And Top Gun Maverick. Which I heard, um, I, I listened to Rob Lowe's podcast literally as well. And he just had Kenny Loggins on. Okay. And Kenny Loggins says that Kenny Loggins said that he got an opportunity to see the movie and says it's phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like I kind of thought it might be good. I mean, we'll see. But if they're going to keep pushing it off, I feel like it's because they think it can draw a big audience if it comes out at the right time. You know, what he I mean? said he said the aerial stunts alone are mind blowing. That's cool. So I well, so. He, Here's another connection. I used to work for a literary agent and uh, Kenny Loggins was one of our clients because him and his wife wrote some book. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So I'll run, I'll run down a couple of the movies on my list too, that I'm going to, I'm looking forward to uh, uncharted, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that too. Although I feel like I wish we had a young Nathan Fillion, right? <laughs> I'm right there so. with you. That fan movie that he did, man, was so good. I mean, even just when I saw, I like number four was the first one I ever played. And I'm like, that looks just like Nathan Fillion. Yeah, so good. Uh, Jackass Forever, another one I'm really looking forward to. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which we already mm. mentioned. The Batman, which we already mentioned. Um, speaking of Nicolas Cage, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah. Uh, the movie with him and Pedro Pascal, which I just think looks so good yeah because he's playing himself i mean how <laughs> I'm else curious could about that? that one too you know uh, one of my favorite movies ever is adaptation it's so good he plays charlie kaufman and his yeah. twin brother i love yeah. that it's so good uh jurassic world dominion i'm looking forward to uh knives out 2 which will be a netflix exclusive i didn't know that yeah daniel craig is the only returning cast member coming back and it's ryan johnson yep. doing it yeah, sweet. Uh, yeah, and Netflix has the rights to it, so it'll be a Netflix film. Wow. Um, and Clerks Three, which was already filmed, and I know I think is pretty close to being done and edited. Nice. Uh, I'll be there for that for sure. I love those movies. Back, yeah. Going back to the nineties. Yeah, me too. Uh, television. I'll knock out a couple, and then if you have any, you can follow up. Yep. Uh, the Last of Us, which I know you and I are both looking uh, forward to. Yes. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, which I know is coming in September. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Obi-Wan, The Sandman, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight are just a couple that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to podcast about Last of Us, right? Yes, we are. Yep. Yep. On uh, Walking Dead cast. Uh, Yeah, that's one I'm... I don't know. Is that for sure coming out this year? I think so, right? The Last of Us? Yeah. I mean, they've been filming I'm pretty sure it's this year. Yeah. You'd think so. Uh, Better Call Saul can't wait to see I haven't started I need to start it I I love that show so much that show I did you watch Breaking Bad oh yeah loved Breaking Bad Better Call Saul starts off really tame so uh, it's different but a lot of similarities but not like the really dark effed up stuff but then it gets more like Breaking Bad as it goes along okay I love it Ozark is great I binged that to in time for the last season and then watch those and Fell in love with it. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the Mandalorian. They haven't really announced whether that's coming out. I hope so. Yeah. I, th- I think it will because they're filming. They finished filming it already. I think. Uh, She-Hulk 2. Me too. I, I, I've i been. When they announced all the Marvel series that they were thinking about doing like two years ago, 
or that they were planning to do. She-Hulk was one of the ones I well, was excited about. And She-Hulk was one of those ones where I was like, oh, okay, that's fun. Uh, Tatiana Maslany is playing She-Hulk. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope they do what they do with the character in the comics where she breaks the fourth wall, kind of like Deadpool. Yeah, that'd, yeah, be, that'd cool. be a lot of fun. And Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac. That's going to so be great. Good. And uh, Lord of the Rings, House of the Dragon. Oh, I forgot about House of the Dragon. <laughs> I didn't have Last of Us down on my list. I can't believe it. <laughs> Another Matt Smith. Uh, yeah, I want to see him. Yeah, just being something super successful. So I hope they really. I'm such a fan of his. Great. I I know people lean towards Tenet as Doctor Who, and I do too. But yeah. Matt Smith was so good. He was so good. Uh, the bet the my most favorite panel ever was with Matt Smith and. Uh, Arthur Darville and Karen Gillan, all three of them. And it was at night packed. We had the big crack of the universe up on a panel behind us. And the audience was on fire and they were, I had brought them beers in the back. So they were really loosened up and they were, they did a medley of um, Bohemian Rhapsody together, (laughs) singing different parts. And then when it was all over, it was just high energy. And I went back to, and I saw Matt Smith and I was like, that was the best panel I ever did. And he just gave me this big old bear hug. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I had an opportunity. Yeah. I met, I met Matt and I met Karen at a wizard world, uh, probably like five or six years ago. And they were both incredibly nice and just, that's cool. Yeah, there's the, I'm such a fan of Matt. So I'm glad he's getting, he's getting more y- stuff. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. What, what his role is going to be. Um, I know you and I are both gamers. Any real quick, any games you're looking forward to? I know Horizon oh, Forbidden West. I'm really looking forward to. I didn't play the first one. Uh, God of War Ragnarok. I'm really looking forward to. Um, and I think Breath of the Wild too. I think we're both really. Oh yeah, we're really anticipating. Absolutely, my my son's playing through the first one again right now. Um, oh God, there was one that I was looking forward to. What the heck is it? I don't know, man. You caught me off guard because I'm not really uh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't look at what was coming up, but I, I swear it felt like there was something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I go through gaming phases where I just go all in for a while, but right now I'm into TV more. I do that too. Like I just I spent a ton of time in Far Cry Six, and now that I finished it, like I'm like, okay, I need a break. Yeah, like, I need a break from gaming. And sometimes when I do that, I feel like. I wonder if I'll ever get into games again. And I always do. I have yeah. for decades. So I know now I will at some point. But it's just a matter of when. That's bugging me, though. What what else is coming up this year? Um, uh, there's Evil Dead quite... the Game. That's one. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, yeah, that was supposed to be Christmas last year. And then uh-huh. it got postponed. And I'm hoping that all of us play that together. Oh, I'll be playing it. You know I'll yeah. be playing it. Hold on a second here. I'm going to look at something really quick. Uh, okay. I had a list of... Sorry for the long pause. Okay. No, go for it. Zel- yeah, no, that's it. Evil Dead the game, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, and the Suicide Squad game looks like it might be pretty cool. Yeah, the Kill, Kill the, the Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah. yeah. Based you know, from the same team that did the Batman Arkham games. Yeah, that looks fun. And those Batman Arkham games are great. Yeah. So. But Spider-Man is the best superhero game ever. It's so good. And I'm so, so disappointed good. that the second one's not until 2023. Yeah, because that would definitely be on my list. Yeah. With Venom and Craven. That's It's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. The Miles Morales game was great. The first one was great. Yep. Insomniac, man, makes Incredible. great games. So, 
I should uh, say amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're amazing, man. You're amazing. <laughs> Um, cool. So lots of great stuff that we talked about from 2021 and 2022, but, uh, we have some listeners that left some feedback for what they're looking forward to and what that some of their favorite stuff was too. Uh, so is let's this your first time doing listener feedback? No, the Christmas One episode, time before. Which, okay, which yeah. was the last episode of the year we did it. So this I is the second episode, yeah. uh, doing feedback. Uh, but why don't you start us off? Why don't you, f- uh, start the first, uh, feedback? Okay, the first one's from Rima Joe, my good friend, who says, Spider-Man No Way Home, incredible movie, and definitely a top Marvel one for me. The new Bond was pretty great. 2022, Jackass Forever was delayed, and I'm so ready to see my favorite boys together again. Uncharted looks super fun. Love Tom Holland, Holland and the video game, and I'm hopeful they do it well. The Lost City looks fun, too. The Northman, do I need to elaborate? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. Um, it is, oh man. And why is it, why is his name? Probably has some like hot actor in it. It's the guy that played Eric Northman from true blood and was right. And I can't think of his name for it. Reem is going to kill me because we recorded on the stand. Because he's related to Selvig who plays Selvig. Oh my God. It's going to bug me. Yeah. It's, it's going to bug me. Alexander Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Rima. (laughs) Yeah. He, yeah, I have a man crush on him too. He's pretty hot. Um, And she goes on the unbearable weight of massive talent. The one you just mentioned and Dr. Strange and hopefully top gun. If they don't move it again, Thor love and thunder. Yeah. That's some good ones in there. Yep. Uh, from Daphne Backman, my list of the best Spider-Man No Way Home, A Quiet Place 2, which I still haven't seen, actually. Uh, Last Night in Soho, Yellow Jackets, of course, and Snowpiercer. And she, I also cannot wait for Jurassic World Dominion. Cool. I still Snowpiercer is one on my two watch list that I can't believe I haven't gotten to yet. Mine, too. I really enjoyed the movie, but I just haven't gotten into the series yet. Yeah. And I like Jennifer Connelly, too. Damien Vitali says, favorites 2021, Black Widow, WandaVision, Loki, Hawkeye, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I sense a pattern here. Yeah. And what if? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home yet, but that would be on there too from what I'm hearing. Well, you heard a lot about it. On this yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we didn't ruin too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sticking with Marvel, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and also looking forward to the new Mandalorian season and Obi-Wan series. All good. I think I just read an article too that Liam Neeson is returning for Obi-Wan as well. Oh, cool. As Qui-Gon. So I am really curious and interested to see what they're going to do with Hayden Christensen. Me too. Cause I feel like these guys know what they're doing. And so it's not going to be like the prequels again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. We'll see. Uh, from Kelly Burgess, Hawkeye was definitely one of my top shows. A quiet place too was great. I might even consider it better than the first one. I loved Eternals, Black Widow, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Sing 2, which actually just came out um, at, the, at the very end of the year, tail end of the year, uh, could be one of my favorite animated movies ever. I loved every moment of it. Oh, all right. I'll have to check nice. that one out. I enjoyed the first one. Uh, I'm looking forward to The Secrets of Dumbledore, Doctor Strange, Jurassic World Dominion, and Scream movies. I'm looking forward to and hoping for a great final season of Ozark and The Walking Dead. Also looking forward to Snowpiercer and The Handmaid's Tale. That, yeah, I actually ha- had meant to mention, too, a big TV event this year is going to be the end of The Walking Dead. Yeah. I hate to say I'm looking forward to that. It's more like 
oh god but <laughs> that's happening well we're gonna make a party out of it so that's right yeah that'll um, be fun yeah looking forward to that from karen she says my favorite films of 2021 were eternals plan b spider-man no way home mass come on come on shang chi mitchell's versus the machines tick tick boom and summer of soul for 2022 i'm looking forward to the return of the crown which i hear a lot about and i'm sure i would love uh and stranger things on netflix is that coming out this year i, I hope think so. i think it's this summer yeah okay good about time uh for oh blah, blah, blah. holding my breath that the walking dead has a satisfying end as for movies i'm excited for spider-man across the spider-verse pixar's Lightyear. that looks interesting oh i forgot about Lightyear. yeah dr strange in the multiverse of madness black panther wakanda forever and jordan peele's nope which i had not heard about but I'm i intrigued. have not heard about nope either but i like jordan peele mm-hmm. and as as sad as it makes me see as, as sad as it may seem i'm kind of skeptical about wakanda forever now I know. Well, with all the drama and stuff. Yeah. With all the stuff that's come from the set. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like, um, and I don't know if anybody could ever replace Chadwick. It's yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, from Derek O'Neill, there was lots of great TV in 2021 so much that there was no way to watch even just the great stuff. (laughs) I I feel like that is absolutely true. Uh, A couple of my favorites from the year were WandaVision and Hawkeye from Marvel. The Wheel of Time was a great first season. I'm looking forward to the... uh, Oh, sorry, I skipped the line. Uh, Wheel of Time was a great first season, setting up a big, wide story. That was also fun to podcast on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robert Kirkman's animated Invincible was surprisingly great. I'm looking forward to the next two seasons. True. Very good. Uh, Dexter New Blood was the best spin on an existing series with a perfect, if inevitable, ending. Walking Dead World Beyond was a great addition to the universe and makes me excited for the main show to return again. Uh, last one was Only Murders in the Building, a great fun comedy that made me remember why I love Martin Short and Steve Martin together. Way too many other TV shows to list, let alone movies, so I'm looking forward to hearing Jason and your picks. Nice. Good ones, man. Yeah. Good to hear from Derek. Lara Willie Sweet says, I didn't watch a whole lot of new stuff in 2021, but maybe that's a good thing because that meant I enjoyed most everything and wasn't disappointed by much. Best movie of the year, hands down, was Spider-Man No Way Home. Here, here. <laughs> Everything I love about a good Marvel movie, heart, humor, and tears. Plus, it's Spider-Man, so you gotta love it. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad was a raunchy, raucous, and visually stunning good time. A much improved version of its predecessor. I can't, couldn't agree. No, actually, I can't say that because I didn't see the you first You didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> with a huge twist in the plot that I completely did not see coming. Dune, that's another one worth mentioning. I like that too. Was a beautiful piece of work that needs to be seen in theaters. I'm a longtime fan of the 1984 film, but De- uh, Denis Villeneuve's version stood up very well on its own, and I'm looking forward to the sequels. On the boob tube, Hawkeye was, as a huge surprise to me, my favorite Disney Plus original of the year. And speaking of Disney, we just recently recently watched Encanto, and I was appropriately enchanted by it after finding Luca from Pixar to be a bit lackluster. I didn't see Luca, um, and now I'm in no rush. <laughs> but yeah, Encanto, take that one off your list. Oh, I won't put that one on my list. <laughs> but Encanto, I agree, is it's so it's so good. Again, cool. made my top five. Uh, from Steve Brown, there was so much. <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife for sure was a highlight I was not prepared for last year. It hit all the right notes for me and such a great tribute to Harold Ramis as well. Uh, another huge one was Hawkeye. I did not expect it to be as great as it was. See, you need to watch Hawkeye. I know. It's getting me excited of, to get on it. 
A lot of people agreeing about Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, from Sean Palace, Dune and Ghostbusters for sure. I never, I, I, I didn't watch Dune because I, I've never seen the original or read the book. So I'm like, I didn't either, but I was just curious because of how beautiful the trailers looked. Yeah. Uh, last one from Facebook, uh, from Brian Seidel. Okay. I went and looked at what movies came out in 2021. Mm. I missed some of the big ones, including Spider-Man. Every time I look for tickets, it's sold out. I'm sure you could probably find them now, Brian. <laughs> uh, but top five, number one, Titan, uh, two, last night in Soho, three, Dune, four, the green Knight, and five Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, I'm not familiar with Titan. I think he means Titanic. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're a couple years too late on that decades one. Decades too late, yeah. Uh, and oh, Green Knight either. is on my list to watch too. Yeah, me too. I'm curious about I, that I, one. I just haven't got it. It was one of the yet. ones I was thinking about trying to squeeze in before we Me recorded, too. <laughs> but yeah, I watched I, Last Night in Soho and Pig. I ended up watching Mass instead of The Green Knight. It was between those two, and I'm actually mm. really glad I watched Mass. I want to watch that now. And, and Karen also said that one in her list as well. So, mm-hmm. um, as well as tick tick she has good taste in my my experience yeah so i'm uh uh but are we um first time for the show we have a voicemail as well and this comes from our friend catcraft uh so yeah. i'll go ahead and uh, i'll play that now hi ben and jason i'm looking forward to your top picks of 2021 and of course your honorable mentions but first ben i want to tell you how much i am enjoying wilhelm Yay. The format, the <laughs> rotating guests, the conversational style are entertaining and engaging, and I look forward to it every Friday. But with that, I am just calling in to recommend a show from 2021 that I don't think many people are watching, and that would be Station Eleven. It is mm, an adaptation right. of yeah, a 2014 a novel by Emily St. John Mandel by HBO. It's a miniseries. And it is, bear with me, based on what happens after a pandemic. I know, we might all be a little tired (laughs) of apocalypse, dystopia, and pandemic. But this one is a little different. I've been calling it uh, Dystopia with a Heart. It doesn't focus on the virus, on anything gruesome and what happened when people died. But it starts with present day, which would be twenty years after the pandemic, and does some really artful flashbacks. It goes back and forth between right after and today. Uh, And it focuses on the relationships, the rebuilding, and a little more hope than most do. Don't get me wrong, it has a lot of action, a lot of mystery, and a lot of intrigue. So it has it all, except for the gory, horrible part. (laughs) Not a lot Mm -hmm. of that. But I do recommend that people check that out if they haven't. Oh, it got cut off. Um, but I'll have to. We got the thank, idea. Yeah. Thanks, Kat, for that. And I'll have to check that out. I'll have to add that to my list. Yeah, me too. I mean, I've that's been coming up along with Yellow Jackets. In fact, I was trying to tell my friends about Yellow Jackets on another Zoom call. And my other friend says, yeah, I saw it, but Station Eleven was better and kind of killed the vibe. I was a little bit bummed by that, but <laughs> but I do want to see Station Eleven because I'm hearing a lot of people say it's great. Everybody has their own tastes, yeah, right that's or wrong. Right. That's right. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've we've discussed a lot. Thank you, everybody, for the amazing feedback. Keep that feedback coming in every week. Um, 
I know Kat said she looks forward to the show every Friday, but as I mentioned last uh, at the end of the year, it's going to be every other Friday now, uh, just to give me and the guests more time to kind of prepare and you know get uh get geared up for what we what we need to watch and and such. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, just scheduling wise, it works out so much better. Yeah, I think um, that's yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, but we talked a lot about Podcastica too. What is before we get out? What there's a lot happening in Podcastica. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, basically, I'm on two podcasts: House Podcastica and The Walking Dead Cast. And really, it's House Podcastica that's on fire right now. Uh, first off, uh, Ben and Greg and Wendy just finished their coverage of the season one of the Amazon series, The Wheel of Time, which was really good, and gotten a lot of great feedback from listeners about that. So that's really cool. And I listened to, I still haven't seen the last episode yet. I need to get on that. Um, and then we started in with Cobra Kai and the book of Boba Fett on that mm-hmm. podcast, House Podcastica, both great so far. And uh, then we jumped into J- Yellow Jackets, as we mentioned too. So we're covering three shows on that right now. And on uh, Walking Deadcast, uh, uh, we're about to have a Women of Podcastica episode. It's uh, it's Rima, Daphne, Wendy, and Lucy. And I don't even know for sure exactly what they're going to talk about, but I'm looking forward to hearing I, it. I thought it, okay. I thought I saw online they're talking about gaming. They were going to do games, and they still are, but I think they've broadened it out to more just whatever geeky stuff they're interested in. Okay. So yeah. it can, could be games and whatever else. Yeah. Cause I, cause that, that threw me for a second. Cause I was like, uh, Wendy, I, I don't take as much of a gamer. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's going to be cool. And it's also going to be an ask me anything. So I still have to post that, but people can ask them whatever questions they want to hear from the oh, that's cool. podcast. And, and then I may, I may have a, uh, walking dead cast member interview coming up at the end of the month. I don't want to officially announce that until I've got it locked in, but working on that. Cool. Yeah, a lot of good stuff going on over at Podcastica, and mm. I've I've enjoyed being a part of it, whether it be covering the stand on Stranger Deed or as you mentioned, Wheel of Time with Greg and Wendy, which was a lot of fun. Um, and well, yeah, I mean, if I'm not just talking about myself, I should also mention Pake and Remo on Strange Indeed covering Dexter. I mean, we talked about it during the podcast, but yeah, I don't even know what they're going to do next. I, I don't think they've announced it. I don't know if they've decided on anything. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and find out. Yep. They always cover great stuff, though. So. They deserve a break after Lock and Key, British Bake Off, Dexter, <laughs> Dexter, Midnight Mass, all like crammed together. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So as I mentioned, you know, bringing in feedback, uh, keep that feedback coming. The next episode of Wilhelm, this is one of the reasons why we went to every two weeks, too, is so that I can actually announce what the next episode is going to be mm. so that you have time to send in feedback rather than just wait for the, the episode to come up. Um Two weeks from today, January 28th, uh, our first TV topic, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we'll be revealing and discussing our choices for our top five favorite Saturday morning cartoon series. Oh, that's so much fun. So I'm looking forward to diving into some of those old series. And I got to put some thought into this one because that's a good one. I, I don't <laughs> I only think I can only think of maybe two or three that would be on my list right now. So I really got to. But I know there's a bunch that I loved. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. So, so I encourage you to leave feedback for that as well. Let me know what some of your favorite Saturday morning cartoons were. Um, and uh, you can do that in multiple ways. First off, facebook.com slash the Wilhelm podcast is where the show can be found on Facebook. I encourage you to go and like it and then comment. You'll see a post for that coming up as well. 
Uh, you can follow on Instagram at the Wilhelm Pod, or you can email me directly, the Wilhelm Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send me an email with what some of your, your choices might be, or as Kat did, you can record yourself and send it to me in a, in a voicemail. Uh, if you enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be listening on that allows you to do so. And just a reminder, as I mentioned, the show is going to be every two weeks starting into this year and is also going to be merging with my other podcast, The Spotlight with Ben Beck. Um, if you didn't hear the special episode I released at the very beginning of the year detailing all of that, go back and listen to that. Um, but it means there's gonna I'm going to be bringing... Uh, celebrity conversations with actors, directors, uh, all those elements of the Spotlight podcast are coming into Wilhelm, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, and the show will actually be moving to that feed starting March 1st. Uh, so uh, make sure you subscribe to that feed if you haven't already before March 1st when the show moves to that. Uh, last but not least, um, at the time the show moves March 1st, I will also be launching a Patreon account for that. I'm still working on the details of that, but stay tuned and I'll be releasing details for that as we get closer. Cool. Uh, this was definitely extended episode, but we covered a lot. Yep. There was, there's so much. So of course it's going to be a big extravaganza. Yeah. So <laughs> Uh, I like doing this for the first episode of the year. It definitely, it, it always cracks me up all those people that do best ofs before the year's even over. <laughs> it's a yeah. year in review. It's September. Like, yeah. I mean, I've only been getting into yellow jackets the last like three or four weeks. Yeah. But that's why I wanted to do this as the first episode of the year because the year's over. So now we can kind of, we can kind of look back on it, but you've been a guest. You were the first ever guest I ever had on the show. Uh, you came back for Steve Martin. We've got other episodes for you that you're going to be coming back for as well. Uh, so thanks for coming on and doing, uh, doing this one with me. Thanks, man. As always, it's a blast to be on and I like listening when I'm not on too. So yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Uh, thank you to everybody out there who listens. Thank you for the amazing feedback that you've given me already. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you on another episode of Wilhelm. Take care. Peace.